Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakini McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny Oscar McGee on the IG. Make sure you follow uh, Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you that download that Sports Zone Chicago app. Why? Because we said so. That's why. <laughs> but you can listen to any of our other five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports, which you're doing right now. If you miss any of our shows, including ours, that's okay. That's why you download the download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You could go back and listen and watch any of the shows at your own leisure, whether it's an Apple, iTunes Store, Amazon, Google Play. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. And if you want to catch our audio version of this podcast, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. That's W A R R on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And you can follow War Media at W A R W A R R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very different opinions. If you want to comment on any of our topics during our two-hour extravaganza today, you can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, today is not the day to do so. We'll tell you why in just a minute. No day is uh, any day to do stupid stuff. But if you decide to troll or do something stupid, Lakina will politely give you the beer land beer boot. Bye-bye. I love when I say that. <laughs> Lakina, we had to unfortunately start off on a very sad note in the Chicago sports broadcasting community. We lost Jeff Dickerson on of ESPN Chicago a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, we lost another legend. His name was Les Grobstein. He was a Chicago sports broadcaster, talk show host, national and local sports reporter. He passed away yesterday at the age of 69. He's been working at the score in his second stint since 2009, hosting overnights. He worked at the score the first time from 1997 through 2001. He worked at others, various radio stations uh, throughout his career, including WLS uh, up in the early to late 1990s. He worked at ESPN 1000 for a short time. He worked at Sporting News Radio, where I met him. I'll give you um, a little quick story about that in just a minute. But he worked at various local and national outlets. He covered every big event that was related to Chicago sports, including the Cubs, 2016 World Series, all six Chicago Bulls championships in the 90s, the three Stanley Cups, so the Chicago Blackhawks uh, in the last decade, of course, the 2005 Chicago White Sox uh, with the World Series over Houston. He was there for every major event representing Chicago, whether it was local or national, to the fullest. Uh, he was engaging with his listeners, uh, listening to tributes on 670 to score for the last few hours, uh, having various colleagues and co-workers calling, describing uh, to the listeners what a nice guy he was, what a hard worker he was. Uh, he was a, a man full of knowledge, both present knowledge and of the past. And he married his passion with sports, with uh, covering all these big events, hosting various shows, and just uh, talking about the nuances of sports. He was a fan of Chicago 
sports fan through and through, and, and that's what you got from Les Grafsting uh, throughout the years. Yeah, you, you go through some of the tweets through all morning long. Um, Bruce Bruce Miles, of course, who's a veteran, you know, Chicago media veteran, he posted, you know, the Grabbers, you know, first sports broadcast you know, for Rosemont. It was it was a soccer game between the old Chicago Horizons and the New York uh, Arrows. It's from like a, a a professional soccer team from like long ago. It was semi pro, but just it shows you how long he's been around. And you know, seeing and he also wasn't afraid to share his opinions. The Grabber, I mean, especially you remember you know, years ago when you know Jay Cutler got traded to Chicago. And everyone was excited. You know, people were saying Happy Jay Color Day, blah, blah, blah. He was one of the few to say, you know, that didn't like the move. And, you know, of course, he actually ended up proving right. He was also there for the, uh, I believe he was there for like the first, or maybe like, or maybe they think the first two of the later three, the later three P for the Bulls back in the late 90s. He covered those Bulls teams. And also, too, you know, he got a chance to see a, you know, a Cubs World Series. Of course, he had been doing score overnights for over a decade now. And, you know, I, you know, listening to some of the various stations, you know, just to, to, to the score, I'm sure, you know, ESPN 1000, I'm sure they'll do something tomorrow, but excuse me, seeing, you know, David Schuster, who he, and of course, he and Grover had worked together for years, sharing some stories mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the other folks, you know, John Greenberg, who of course is a veteran Chicago, column, Chicago columnist, you know, he writes for sports, he writes for the athletic now, shared a really good story as well. He's also going to, he says he's working on an article, you know, in tribute to him. But, you know, it just shows you that, you know, he was also a fan. He was just as much a fan as he more as he was, you know, a, a host. You know, he was kind of he was sort of the voice of the fan. And I think he definitely epitomizes what a lot of Chicago sports fans, you know, see and hear when they watch sports. He was sort of that the voice of that of those folks. So that's probably why he was so relatable, relatable to the listeners. And, you know, you hear stories. I'm sure you've seen the various tweets all morning from folks who grew up, you know, listening to him at the various stations. I know you said, oh, you said you, you, know, you met him at the old sporting news and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah. And it's one of those things where you just feel like, you know what, I mean, it's a voice, but it's been a tough the last few weeks for you know, Chicago sports media, you know, people and their colleagues and fans, of course, you know, Jeff Diggs, of course, you lost, his battle with colon cancer a couple of weeks ago, and now you know the sudden death. You know, with with uh, with uh, Les Grobstein, it's just it, it just it just makes you you know like another. Uh, it just it just makes you you know, feel really upset because it just there were no words to describe it. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we all know this, Lakina. Life isn't fair, and unfortunately, stuff like this happens. But still, you know, we had to march on, and I had to give my had to give myself a daily reminder this morning. We all work, we all have our personal issues to work through, and we have little things to worry about in our daily lives. But be lucky that you know somebody else has it worse than you, and so that that's what I take from it. And number two, uh, follow your passion, like we're doing here on, on Sports Zone Chicago. And uh, we like talking sports with you guys. Yes, we yes we disagree every once in a while, but it's all in good fun. It's all about respect and and just uh, live your life to the fullest. Do what you love because some, sometimes uh, things happen that and you you just don't know. So enjoy every minute of your life and, and enjoy every breath and don't waste time. I always tell people that whether you chase your passion or, or anything else you following in your life hopefully is a good going in a positive direction just enjoy it and don't take things for granted and that's something i learned as i've gotten older lakina not saying i didn't do this when i was younger but i don't have time to waste and it's and that belief with me is much stronger now than it was say 10 years ago mm-hmm. not saying i was wasting time and doing stupid stuff but just don't waste time just go after what you're passionate about 
And this is part of what we do here on Sports on Chicago. And Les Grabstein, getting back to him, you know, he laid the groundwork for future broadcasters like us. I know he helped out the uh, the guys that I worked with for many years at Dean Davis with Kenan Demons and Tony Gill as well. And so I know those guys are feeling it as well because I know well, let's talk to them a few times because uh, the Dean Davis crew uh, guest hosted for less many times over the last couple of years on Sixth Avenue the score. So uh, Les Grobstein, uh, of course, his legacy will go on forever. He'll he'll never be forgotten. Yeah, if you get a chance to listen to the uh, the, the podcast with our buddy Mark Grody, of course, you know, he and Les were mm-hmm. together for many years. He did you know updates, you know, you know, and did a crosstalk and such, and you know. He actually did it in a, in a grover voice, which was you know, just so hilarious. You know, go to yeah. the Audacity app and you know take a listen to it because it's pretty funny. He uh, he guest hosted with uh, our other one of our buddies, Rick Camp, you know, today since uh, Bernstein and uh, our, our our other buddy, really Raheem, were off today. Mm-hmm. So you know, you get a chance to listen to that, to that podcast on the Six Seven Score website and also to the Audacity app. So make sure you guys check that out. And I'm sure you know Lawrence Holmes and she shared a really great story. Too, I'm sure he'll he'll share more when he comes back tomorrow about this time. So just make sure you guys check that out. And also to go to six seventy score on Twitter, uh, there's a GoFundMe account that mm-hmm. um, Les's girlfriend Kathy set uh, set up over the last twelve hours or so. And uh, if if you guys can uh, um, contribute any uh, amount that you can to help out the Les Grobstein Fund, so uh, go to six seventy score official Twitter account and the, the information you'll find right there. Uh, just a quick story, Lakina, before we move on. Uh, I met Les Grobstein. I was going to the I know it's Illinois Media School now, but I still call it ICB. You understand, Lakina? You you were there before the name change. Mm-hmm. I was uh, actually I was at the Lombard campus. Of course, there was no Chicago campus at the time. But uh, I did my internship at Sporting News Radio when it was based here in Chicago. I know some other sports media name now. I forget what it was because that that network has gone through four or five name changes. But I was at Sporting News Radio at the time. And Les Grobstein just got let go by the score the first time. So he was doing updates. I don't know if you remember this, Lakina, but it was on the old 820. Of course, this was the years after the scores ditched that signal and went to 1160. And mm-hmm. around this time, uh, the score uh, just started on 670. Mm-hmm. And so 820 had the local signal to broadcast the local Chicago sports updates. They were still doing sporting news radio. Uh, it was still a daytime station yes. at the time. It was yeah, a 24-hour network, but yes, yeah. it was still at the old daytime signal, just like the score was originally back in the day. I met Les Grobstein. He said, oh, yes, and okay, so I'm Les, nice to meet you. And we were talking for, uh, for about a couple of minutes. And if you notice, if you listen to his shows uh, throughout the years, he's a human encyclopedia. That's something I try yes. to be, not just because of less, but we genuinely love sports and I try to gather as much information as possible. I said at the time, I said from 1980 on, that's all I know. It, of course, I knew some history of, of the sports teams or other than that, blah, blah, blah. He said, I said, I'll give you a note. Walter Payton, uh, it was the Bears were playing the Falcons the year you were born in 1980. Did you know that Walter Payton was ejected at that game? He told me that Walter Payton was arguing about some call or something. He said, Walter Payton got ejected again. I looked at him like, I didn't know that. He said, yeah, it's true. And so, and then we started talking about the Blackhawks and then, of course, the Bulls a little bit. That man was uh, full of uh, knowledge. And, and it's just folks like that are not made anymore. I know we're in, a, we're in a sports social media era. It's all about the hot takes. It's all about the shock jock radio. And just 
throwing up something to see if, if it sticks. Unfortunately, a wealth of knowledge like Colin Cowherd. I know some people don't like the way he presents this stu stuff, but that's on you. But people like him, Les Grobstein, and, uh, to, uh, to a certain extent, hopefully we can get him on this program in, in the near future, John DeHood. People are just wealth, full of wealth of sports knowledge and sports history. They don't make people like those anymore. Yeah, he was definitely a, a sports encyclopedia. He can, you know, you know, tell you all types of knowledge. You know, a drop of the hat. Even when you're not, even when you're not asking for it, you're like, wow, I didn't know that. So yeah, he was definitely kind of like the sports encyclopedia, mm -hmm. if you will. And then that sense, and we don't we don't have those types anymore. And you know, maybe we kind of can get back to that because you know, mm -hmm. look, it's always good to have you know folks like that that can give you like little, even if it's just sort of like the most random, mundane takes. You know, or, you know, mm -hmm. little, you know, knowledge. It's, it's just, a you know, it's a, you know, fun facts. I think that's sort of thing that's been missing now, but he's definitely going to be missed. And our thoughts of hers go out to, of course, his longtime, uh, you know, girlfriend, Kathy, and their son, Scott. And so, yeah, you know, just, and how about if you can, you know, I know, if, you know, I know they're, they're, they need help with the, with funeral costs. So please help mm -hmm. out, help out when you can. And yeah, I might, I might listen to some old score, uh, you know, the Grover, uh, you know, shows. It should be a very, uh, should be very interesting though. And it'll be interesting to see what the score does with that, that slot. You know, do they give it, you know, do they maybe, you know, promote it or do they give it back to, to the affiliates? Look at, you know, Mitch Rosa, who I, I, I know a little bit and you know, mm -hmm. he, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll figure it out, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So as we said before, our, our thoughts and prayers are going out to the Lance Grabstein family during this difficult time and to his colleagues and all the um, friends and colleagues uh, that worked with him. I know they're going uh, through it right now. So we just want to give our tribute to Les Grabstein. He was a Chicago broadcaster through and through. He had passion and respect for all the Chicago sports teams, as I mentioned at the top of the show. So he's definitely going to be missed and you know, his legacy will never be forgotten. You're listening to Second City Sports on a hashtag football Monday, as I call it. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. Uh, I want to take this time uh, to uh, to uh, to uh, commemorate and recognize the Martin Luther, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, which is today. Of course, uh, I know many of you guys have the day off. And you're observing the day. It's not just a day off. It's just it should be a day of service. Every day should be a day of service. Uh, if if the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was still alive today, he would have made 93 years old. So we just want to uh, recognize that also too that today is a Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s holiday. So we just wanted to get that out there for you guys. We didn't forget, even though we were talking about let's grab things just, just a few moments ago. Lakina, let, let's get uh, to the business at hand. We had Super NFL Wild Card Weekend. It kicked off on Saturday with two games let's review we're we're going to review all uh, five games that took place this uh, this past weekend we'll give you our preview of tonight's rams cardinals game at the end of the hour but lakina uh, the first game that was up it was the cincinnati Bengals uh, taking care of the las vegas raiders 26 to 19 Derek carr for the raiders was 29 of 54 for 310 yards he had a touchdown pass in an interception on the flip side for the Bengals, Joe Burrow was 24-34, 244 yards, and two touchdown passes. Lakina, as I said on Friday's show, the Bengals had to run the ball in to protect, protect Joe Burrow. Now, the Bengals didn't run the ball with any consistency like I thought they were going to. I know Joe Mixon only had 48 yards on 17 carries, but it was the Cincinnati uh, receiving core, uh, uh, the main receiver of Jamar Chase, 
in his playoff debut, he had nine catches for 116 yards. And also, too, we should also also mention that the fact that this was, you know, their first, you know, first win for Cincinnati, their first playoff win in 31 years. So it had mm-hmm. been a long time, which is the third longest span of, of uh, playoff wins in NFL history. So we want to make sure we get that out the way. And it actually, you know, Super Wildcard Weekend wasn't exactly super. This was one, probably one of the the few games that were actually, you know, close. You know, if you if you want to do it mm-hmm. that way. Um, you know, look, they, they kept Burrow upright. I mean, he was he, did, he was sacked two times. You know, the Raiders had their chances to catch up. You know, some of the you know the, the talent, mm-hmm. the talent portion of it just you know it did it kind of showed in the end. So it, it just going to be very you know it just wasn't. And the, the Raiders, you you could say that they got backed in or they got lucky, blah blah blah. But you know they kind of earned their way in. I mean, they didn't really run the ball much and. The, the, I mean, the, the Bengals, you know, especially those last couple of quarters, I mean, they didn't really – the experience, you can tell, that kind of show. But, mm-hmm. yeah, look, I mean, Jamar Chase, he'll show you why he'll probably be the – he'll be definitely be up there for offensive rookie of the year. And, you know, another – you know, didn't catch a touchdown, but kept the chains moving. So that that helped a lot in, in the Bengals' cause. So, you know, it, it, it's – look, it'll be interesting to see, especially in their, their, their next round matchup. We'll talk about that later in the week. But – you know, it was back to their their defense, and I think the Raiders just kind of tried to do too much, and it kind of cost them in the end. And also, too, let's give Cincinnati's defense credit. They sacked Derek Carr three times, and they picked up Derek Carr, as I mentioned, one time. So their defense did come to light, especially during the latter stages of the game. I want to go back to Derek Carr, Lakeen, especially on that last drive. I know some people want to uh, give him the Mitchell Trubisky treatment like we do here in Chicago with all the quarterbacks that don't do well. I'm not going to sit here and ask if Derek Carr has played his last game as as a Las Vegas Raider, but it, I just here here's the thing on that last drive. I thought that the the play calling should have been a little bit better, and like you said, they had their chances, but they just couldn't punch it in. Now, now early in in the game, you know they they kept up with the with the Cincinnati Bengals. They had 13 points at halftime. It's just that when it uh, when it when it they need to uh, score a touchdown to force overtime. They just couldn't come through. Well, and then you could say that I think it's all those things. You can probably say that the, the execution wasn't good, and also the play calling wasn't good either. So it's one mm-hmm. of those things where you just get like, okay. You know what? You know you, we can blame lay blame all you want, but it's like I said before. It's it's also going to be interesting what the Raiders do. I mean, like you said, could this be his last? You know, Derek Carr, I mean, his last game. Mm-hmm. You know, in a Raiders uniform. Look, if you're Steve Bisacci, you're thinking, hey, look, I kept all this stuff together. We made the playoffs in spite of everything that happened off the field. We won't rehash any of that. But, you know, after all of that, I think if you're, you know, Coach Bisacci, you're thinking, hey, you know what? I should be considered for, to get this job, too. And, you know, like I said, with you know, Josh Jacobs, you know, he, they didn't really give the ball to him very much. So I think that, that mm-hmm. kind of cost him as well. So, you know, this is something that the Raiders are going to have to figure out. And I'm sure Mark Davis will definitely have his uh, – his suggestions, if you want to know Jim Harbaugh, sort of the name is being floated around for the for perhaps the Raiders job. But like I said before, if you're Steve Bisaccia, excuse me, if you're Bisaccia, you're thinking, hey, you know what? I have a I have a shot here. I have a legitimate, you know, shot to, you know, for this job. The Cincinnati Bengals move on to take on the Tennessee Titans in Nashville next Saturday afternoon. Looking, let's get one more game in before we have to break for the bottom of the hour. This was a dud. I only turned to this game twice, and I'm glad I did because it was the Buffalo Bills destroying the New England Patriots by the score of 47 to 17. Josh Allen for Buffalo, 21 of 25, 308 yards and five touchdown passes. Devin Singletary, as as I've been saying all season long. 
He need they need to let him run the ball and just let him go. Well, let him go. They did. 16 carries, 81 yards, and two touchdowns. Dawson Knox that stud tight end for the Bills. Five catches, 89 yards, and two touchdowns. McKinney, it was all about the Buffalo offense jumping on New England early. Bill Belichick or Bill Belichick, as I like to call him on the show. He has no answer for Josh Allen. And the Bills defense stepped up big time as well. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those games where they had to jump on them early, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, they scored in their first you know, five possessions, first five possessions. They actually scored a touchdown in their first five possessions, which is definitely mm-hmm. a first in the Super Bowl era. So, you know, they just – look, I, I look, Devin Stiglitzer, I think, oh, they were actually remembered that he's actually a running back and that he's on their team. So, yeah, so they probably yeah. <laughs> remembered that they had him on there. So, he, 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 you know, he rushed for two touchdowns, and it was actually their defense. You know, the Patriots couldn't get anything going. I mean – you know, Mac Jones looked like a rookie. He was sacked three times, mm-hmm. and they just they they put the pressure on them. the Bills' defense did pretty, you know, pretty you know, you know, consistently. So it, it's sort of like, okay, you know what? I'm not. I'm really not. I'm sure some people are surprised by this by the score. I'm not. I think the Bills, you know, feel like you know, they kind of felt like sort of been the redheaded stepchild in this division the last few years. So the fact that they just, they won the they won the um the AFC East for the second straight year. Now they've pummeled New England. So now they go on to play Kansas City. We'll, we'll get to them in a second. But yeah, it, it's gonna get it's gonna be very interesting on that matchup too. We'll we'll talk about it in a second. But this is sort of the matchup that, you know what, I know people thought that this would be the upset with the Patriots, but it wasn't. I mean, we we figured that the Bills, especially if they could jump into a head to a, a a quick start, that's exactly what they did. So yeah, we talked about this on Friday, Lakina, with our buddy Christine Manica. I thought that was going to be an ugly, uh, ugly close game, like I always say about your <laughs> ugly scores pre nineteen eighties football. I didn't think it was going to be the same like it was a month ago on Monday Night Football, adjusting to the weather conditions. I didn't, I didn't think New England was going to run the ball uh, thirty plus times. But as I said, it was going to come down to big plays. Who's going to make the uh, going to make the big play? Uh, it turned out it was Buffalo. They you could tell. Early on in that game, they set the tone. New England had to play catch-up. New England does not have the weapons on offense, especially in the passing game, to outscore people. That's not how they're built. They're very good at running the football. But in terms of making the big play, they don't have those playmakers on offense yet. I think Mac Mac Jones is eventually going to be good. But right now, the bigger playmakers are on Buffalo's side of the ball. Well, and you might be right about that too. So it's it's gonna yeah, it's gonna get very um, see what they do during the off season and, and such. And also too, you know, that Bills game against the Chiefs. I mean, that, that was a matchup we all wanted to see in the playoffs in the divisional round. So should be very interesting. So uh, okay, we're gonna take a really quick break, you know, but we're gonna recap the other you know wild super wild card weekend games and uh, Troy Aikman showing his displeasure of having to uh, call a blowout. Uh, speaking <laughs> of that, that's you know thing in question. A strange ending to a very strange game in Dallas, and you know the Chiefs dom, you know dominated you know the Steelers as we all expected. So we'll recap. You don't all say that, right. You know, we'll recap <laughs> all that coming up coming next to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
The Bears interviewed former Dolphins coach Brian Flores and Saints assistant GM Jeff Ireland for their vacant coach and GM jobs on Friday. Flores was let go by the Dolphins after leading Miami to a 24-25 record over three years. Ireland was Miami's GM from 2008 to 2013. They won the AFC East with an 11-5 record in his first season after going 1-15 in the season before. Ireland was hired by New Orleans in 2015, essentially replacing Ryan Pace when he became Chicago's GM. The Bears fired Matt Nagy and Pace following a 6-11 season. NBA this afternoon, 2.30 tip-off for the Bulls at Memphis. Chicago with a half-game lead over the Nets on top of the Eastern Conference. The Grizzlies had an 11-game winning streak snapped in a 112-85 loss Friday against the Mavericks. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID and the flu. And the only way to reliably detect fever is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Be sure to seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports on a special edition on this Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I ain't Cindy Brown, that's me. If you have a question or comment for us, uh, during any of our topics of today's show with less than 90 minutes remaining in our extra sports extravaganza today, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's continue to review the action from Super NFL Wildcard Weekend by reviewing the games, three games that, that took place on Sunday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions, they had no problems as they defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 31-15. Tom, terrific Tom Brady was stellar for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 29-37, 271 yards passing with two touchdowns. Their running stud running back, Keyshawn Vaughn, had 17 carries, 53 yards in an early score. Mike Evans, no, not the actor from Good Times. Mike Evans, the star wide receiver for the Buccaneers. He had nine catches, 117 yards, and they scored. Lakina, I did not watch this game live yesterday. I didn't think it was going to get this ugly, but I'm glad I didn't watch this game live. I know you have a comment from Troy Igman about that in just a moment, but uh, observing but what the from what the highlights that I saw yesterday, Tampa Bay, it, we talked about this on Friday, looking, they have uh, all the injuries uh, in the world. They don't have the same personnel like they did a year ago, but the players that are left on there, that are on this Tampa Bay team that played uh, in the Super Bowl last year. They made the difference. Experience versus youth was on notice yesterday. You could tell Philadelphia was nervous. I thought they were going to keep it just a little bit closer. They didn't do this. Tampa Bay set the tone, and they just cruised to a 15-point victory. 
Yeah, it really wasn't close from the jump. I know that the Eagles scored 15 points late, but it was just a drag. It was all Tampa all the time. Now, they did lose a few you know, guys due to injury. You know, Tristan Works, who is their their uh, Pro Bowl right tackle, you know, he injured his foot, so there's a question that he may not be able to play next week against who, you know, if it's Arizona, if it is Arizona, and you know, and perhaps maybe you maybe even um, whoever, who, basically whoever wins the Arizona uh the Arizona um, uh, Rams game. Yeah, he got hurt. You know, Ryan Chance also got hurt. So they're, they're, they lost a couple of guys to injuries. So it was a costly win for the Bucks. But yeah, I mean, look, Tom, you know, Tom Brady did what he did, what he does during the playoffs. You know, they're just, he's already like broken all types of records, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, uh, you know, of course, <laughs> Gron, you know, Rob Gronkowski had his 15th career postseason uh, touchdown reception. That's the second most all time behind only Mr. Jerry Rice. He's also tied with Reggie Wayne for the third most receptions in postseason history. So, you know, the, the, this wasn't even close from the jump. Like I said before, those were garbage points. You know, 15, yeah, 31, 15, no. It really wasn't that close. Taylor Hurts, you know, he saw after the game, apparently he was in a walking boot. His foot had been bothering him the last few weeks. Also, too, Jalen Rieger, who y'all, hey, look, I know Eagles fans are upset because y'all should y'all could have had Justin Jefferson. Just saying, you know, he had a couple of key <laughs> drops and, he, you know, it overthrew some guys. Hurt did. I know some people were chanting for Gardner Mitchell. I don't think it would have mattered. They just don't have the personnel right now. I'm talking about Philly, so you know, mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. I mean, look, it, it, it's fine though. They'll learn from this experience, and and then also too. I mean, you know, like I said, it just wasn't. It just wasn't the Eagles' day. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, as you mentioned, he threw for 258 yards, a touchdown pass at two interceptions. But Philadelphia, as we talked about on Friday, they needed to run the ball, and they couldn't get the running game going with any consistency because of Tampa Bay jumping in, jumping up on them early on the scoreboard. Jalen Hurts uh, was the leading rusher for Philadelphia, only 39 yards or eight carries. Miles Sanders, seven carries for 16 yards. This is not going to get it done. Boston Scott, he had a, he had the longest run for 34 yards. Uh, it turned out to be a late touchdown, as you mentioned. But Philadelphia just couldn't get anything going offensively. Yes, she had that stud tight end, Dallas Goddard, with six catches for 92 yards. Yeah, Devontae Smith, their rookie wide receiver, had four catches for 60 yards. But it's nothing really jumps out at you for Philadelphia. As I mentioned, it was youth versus experience. I think if Philadelphia builds their continues to build their team right, they'll learn from this experience. I think they'll be a, a threat that no one's talking about for years to come. But Tampa Bay, as you mentioned, Lakina, they're going to host Arizona or, or Los Angeles Rams next week. I'm really more concerned about them. We talked about it on our last show on Friday. Uh, the injuries are starting to mount out to me. Uh, the guys that were hurt yesterday, if you can't get them back for next Sunday, it's, uh, it's really going to be a problem. It is going to be huge, and we'll see. I mean, it, it hasn't caught up to them yet, but, you know, like I said before, they lost a couple of their top alignment to injuries, and we'll see if they'll be able to play next week. But it's going to be tough. Now, uh, Troy Eggman made some interesting comments, of course. You know, him and uh, Joe Buck did the game. Um, and uh, during, right before, uh, during the fourth quarter, he was uh, showing his displeasure very subtly, I'll, I'll say, uh, when they were promoting, when uh, Joe was promoting the, uh, the next game coming up, which was which was San Fran and the 49ers, of course. You know, the rich history you know, between them, mm-hmm. you know. Goes all the way back to the 70s. Of course, you know, Eggman played on those um, those teams. You know, they would face each other twice for the NFC ta- NFC uh, championship. But it would he wasn't very happy and uh threw a little shade, I would say, at his bosses. But I think he also but he also has to remember too that 
the way they set it up and how they the games were picked. NBC had first pick because they had two games over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Then it was, um, I believe it was CBS. Now, of course, also remember CBS also had the Nickelodeon game the second for the second straight year. And look, if you're if you're CBS or in Viacom, they're both owned by Viacom. Mm-hmm. If you're you're gonna pick a game that's probably gonna be close between two uh rivals, you know, not just in the division, the old NFC East rivals, and NFC West rivals to say and such and all that, you know, if you're gonna that's gonna you know be a close game, or you're gonna pick a game that's probably gonna be a lapper, which it ended up being. So if you're CBS, I think you picked, you made the right decision picking that game. So, but that that's how it happened. I'm, I'm sure you know he had a little uh, talk with his bosses about that, but it really wasn't another. Well, it really wasn't in their control. So, yeah. Uh, well, um, one, I'm surprised he didn't wasn't threatened to drop a curse word. And number two, <laughs> Matt Nagy wasn't around, so it couldn't get him that angry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I heard people. You know, people were saying, "Oh my God, I thought he was gonna swear." I'm like, okay, y'all haven't seen him do Bears games the last couple of years because right. <laughs> That's nothing. That was nothing. Exactly. That was nothing. Yes, there were some questionable play calling and such, but I think it was more nerves and also too inexperienced. Yeah, you know, the, the the Bears were just the Bears. So like uh, he was on the verge of course at least three times. I, I I counted for like the last couple of years, but again, but yeah, I, I mean it really wasn't in their control is in their control. So there was really nothing they could have done. Yeah. You're listening to Second City Sports on a special uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday special, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Browns. We continue to review NFL Super Wild Card Weekend with the three games that took place yesterday on Sunday. Let's go down to Dallas, Texas. It was the Dallas Cowboys dropping one to the San Francisco 49ers by the score of 23 to 17. Dak Prescott for Dallas was 23 of 43, 254 yards and a touchdown. Running back Elijah Mitchell did his thing for the 49ers, 27 carries, 96 yards in the early first quarter touchdown. The Dallas stud tight end, Mr. Mr. Dalton Schultz had Dalton seven Schultz. catches for 89 for 89 yards. Lakina, uh, this was the only game I watched from beginning to end. You could tell that San Francisco, especially defensively, that's they set the tone. Offensively, uh, I know Jimmy Garoppolo uh, had a turnover late, but Jimmy Garoppolo did not make any mistakes. Kyle Shanahan, their head coach, stuck to the game plan, run the football, wear down that Dallas Cowboys defense. As I said on Friday, looking that's why I picked San Francisco to win, and look what happened. They ran the ball. The uh, the defense, even though they got tired late, they controlled the game for the, at least the first three quarters. And you could tell that this was going to be a long day for the Dallas Cowboys. And what did I say on Friday about Dallas? They had to run the ball with some consistency. Unless you saw something that I didn't. I didn't see that happening for the Cal- Dallas Cowboys offense. We talked about this all year, Lakina, that Dak Prescott was back. But he needs help, and he didn't get much of that yesterday. Yes, yeah, he, yeah, he only carried the ball twi- uh, 12 times, I should say, for 31 mm. yards. I mean, I don't know what, what Kellen Moore's plan was, but it, it's sort of one of those things you're like, okay, what, what's, what's, you know, what? You, know, you have a, a top-tier you know, running back who's been an all-pro all who is a pro bowler, too. Why, why didn't you give him the ball more? And I think that's – that's what also cost the 49ers, the Cowboys to say. Also, the 49ers, they tried to give that game away like so many times. You thought that maybe, you know, Garoppolo had the first down. It turns out he didn't. You know, Debo Sam, if you listen to his comments after the game, he thought he had the first down too. So that was just a crazy, those last, you know, like five minutes were, were crazy. And, you know, of course, Dak, you know, one, they, you know they, they did a quarterback draw. He got the first down, but unfortunately, they didn't have timeouts left. 
and he tries to set the ball up. But if you remember the rule that the field judge has to do that, so exactly. that, that cost him the time. And I know, I know, Cowboys fans were upset, but that's just the rule. You know, you have plenty of chances yourself to get in the game. Maybe if y'all not had had that slow start in the beginning, you probably would not have been in that situation. So this is one of those crazy games, of course, a crazy ending, and would end in that weird fashion. So, you know, definitely the weirdest game of the weekend. I'm absolutely. And what was up with all those penalties for the Cowboys shooting themselves in the foot, you know, with all the false starts? And, of course, let's not forget about the fake punt, which was converted mm -hmm. by anger early in that first half. And, it, and the Cowboys tried that again to spike the ball quickly. But, like you said, the field judge has to touch the ball first. Mm -hmm. And it's all about situational football, knowing the rules. And the, and the Cowboys cannot blame nobody but themselves. They were, they were in that game um, late, as you mentioned, the 49ers tried to get that away. But... Dallas just could not execute down the stretch, and they didn't do what they needed to do to win the ball game. It's just and shooting yourself in the foot with with stupid penalties and uh, miscommunication. It's just like uh, if you you cannot blame the rest for that. I I know that Tony Romo explained the rule perfectly at the end of that game. You know him mm -hmm. and Jim Nance were both shocked at what happened, but I thought that Tony Romo explained the rules perfectly. It wasn't a, it wasn't a rest fault. It was Dallas's fault. Yeah, yeah. And That's what happens if you try to play catch up and try to get away with the one and you got caught with your hands in the cookie jar. Yeah, 14, yeah, 14 penalties isn't 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 gonna you know win you a lot of games. And there were a couple of penalties late in that in that game. And like you said, not knowing the rules, you know, situational mm -hmm. football, as they say, and that then apparently they weren't aware that I guess Dak forgot you know the rule that look, the you know, the village just has to touch the ball first. You can't touch mm -hmm. the ball. <laughs> that does that does not stop the clock. You can't clock it like that. And by the time they did, you know, got to it, you know, and he was able to clock it, but the, the time it ran out. So, you know, I know, look, I know Cowboys fans. I know Steve Smith was actually, Steve Smith, who was the resident Cowboys fan, was actually pretty tame. He actually was <laughs> And mellow. that's air quotes. <laughs> yeah, mellow, if you can believe that. And I know Cowboys fans were, were you know, mystified and were ticked, but, you know, know your, you know, look, know the rules, you know, know where you are. I mean, why were you running a quarterback draw when you had no timeouts left? You know, the, the, the whole thing was just silly. And, you know, of course, it was a silly, another weird ending to a great rivalry. So, you know, with slime all over the place. <laughs> Gooey slime. Yay. <laughs> Take a look at the numbers from the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, 16 to 25, 172 yards passing. Uh, late interception, his quarterback rating was a 67.4. As I mentioned in the running department for the 49ers, Elijah Mitchell, one touchdown off of 27 carries for 96 yards. Debo Samuel, as you mentioned, 10 carries, 72 yards in the first quarter touchdown. Uh, in the receiving department, Brendan Ayuk had five catches for 66 yards. Debo Samuel, three catches for 38 yards. And Juwan Jennings, who's been stepping up for them in, as a slot mm -hmm. receiver the last few weeks, he had three catches for 29 yards. George Kill, they tied in, had one catch for 18 yards, but you but you will take that because other guys around them stepped up. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, the San Francisco 49ers defense stepped up big time. They sacked Dak Prescott not once, not once, twice, three, four, five times. They sacked Dak mm -hmm. five times, and they had uh, an early interception off Prescott as well. So uh, a good, hard-fought win for the 49ers, even though they almost gave that game away late. Yeah, and also too, you know, the you know, the defense actually stepped up without Fred Warmer, who I think you know hurt his ankle, and uh, mm -hmm. Nick Bosa, who got a concussion. So we'll see if they can come back for the game against Green Bay next weekend. But yeah, I mean, yeah, they did try to give that game away. I mean, I don't know what you know Kyle Shanahan was thinking, you know, with some of the play calling, but 
you know, I, I guess, look, they thought rather you win or lose. I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> as long as you don't like, you know, give the game away. It's not about style points, just win as they say. And that's what they did. So look, you'll take it. If you're a 49ers fan and you have a pretty tough task going to Lambeau facing green Bay. Again, we'll preview that game in this, you know, on Friday, but you know, <laughs> look, seeing the, you know, the guys step up, you know, with the, with the even core course, Steve Samuel is a stud. He can run, he can pass if you want him to, he can also catch the ball. So he's definitely a, you know, one-stop shop and you're, you're lucky to have them if you're a 49ers fan. Yeah. A couple of statistics that stood out to me from Dallas in this game. Uh, uh, as I said, who's going to be the guy to step up in the place of Michael Gallup? He had Amari Cooper, six catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. Cedric Wilson had five catches for 62 yards. He had a key. He had a key drop late in that ball game. CD Lamb, who was hurt. He only had one catch for 21 yards. As I mentioned, Lakina in the uh, running back department, uh, the, there was no uh, commitment to the run, and I believe that was one of the reasons why one of the reasons why outside of the dumb penalties that uh, the Dallas Cowboys are sitting at home today. Also, key uh, key number three for, for, for Dallas, their defense, no mm -hmm. sacks on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, you know where was Randy Gregory? I mean, where was the pressure on Garoppolo? I mean, where mm -hmm. you know, you know Leighton Vander Vanderish? I mean, he, he did what he could, but he couldn't get to get to Garoppolo. They were actually ran the ball. Mm -hmm. I know Michael Parsons got banged up. Michael Parsons got banged up. So, you know, Trayvon Diggs you know, just couldn't get the pressure on some of those wide receivers for the 49ers. So it just, unfortunately for the Dallas, you know, they had like, they picked the wrong time, you know, the defense, I should say, they picked the wrong time to have their worst game of the season. So, you know, that, that's sort of like now you're, if you're Jerry Jones, you're sort of like, you know, thinking what, what else can I do? But, hey, it is what it is. In the last game on the Sunday schedule from last night, it was the Kansas City Chiefs dominating skip, the Pittsburgh skip, Steelers. Skip, we can skip that one right? because well, I, we had I, we still had. I know we still have to talk about it, but you know, yeah. the, again, this is like I know when uh, Derek Watt had that. Oh, TJ Watt, I should say, had that uh, scoop and score. You thought, okay, maybe we may have an upset here, but you know, the the Chiefs came right back and scored twenty one unanswered points, and you know that started the blowout. You know, Pat Mahomes have you know. You know, you know, threw for five touchdowns. Even Kels, mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey actually, you know, passed one as well, also catching one. You know, the defense, you know, they just, you know, and also to uh, the Steelers' offense continues to, to um, excuse me, continue to struggle. Now, Big Ben did throw for two touchdowns, but sort of like garbage touchdowns, as they say. They couldn't get the running game going with Najee Harris, and it, it was just. You know, I, yeah, I know the Steelers probably had no business getting into the playoffs. I'm sure people will say that, but you know, the the, the Chiefs again. I I don't know what to think of the Chiefs. I mean, like I said, they kind of backed in. I don't want to say they backed into the the top one of the top two seeds, but you know, going into the playoffs, you know, they play Buffalo. I'm looking forward to that game. Can't wait for that. But I, I, again, I'm not impressed by the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll give you another reason why you're not supposed to be impressed by the Chiefs' performance last night. They only had 106, uh, 106 yards total uh, as as in the rushing department. Of course, mm -hmm. they didn't need it because Patrick Mahomes was throwing the ball all over the right. place for a total of 404 yards and five touchdown passes. Now, Travis Kelsey, he was a standout player in my mind. He had five catches, 108 yards, threw for a touchdown, and caught a touchdown pass as well. Lakina, I think that the Chiefs played down to the competition. and like you said, they'll face Buffalo uh, next week. But uh, Pittsburgh, as we mentioned, Lakina, it, they needed to run the ball, as I said on our last episode. They needed to run the ball. They did get the turnover early, as I predicted, mm -hmm. Lakina. They need to get a, a get to Patrick Mahomes 
early. They created a turnover, scored the first seven points in the game. But uh, call me crazy, but there was no sense of urgency afterwards. I didn't think it was going to be as ugly as uh, the last time these two teams met a couple weeks ago. But it, Pittsburgh is not there. And, no, and Kansas City, they really didn't have to do too much. So they got away with one. They did what they had to do to win. And that's what we saw happen. Yeah, basically. And like you said, Sid, I mean, is it sort of one of those things where you, I know people are going to say that Steelers had no business making the playoffs? Well, hey, blame the Chargers for that, folks. But that's another, that's another <laughs> But, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, a tough way for a big man to go out. I know this is not how he wanted to go out, but, you know, it, it just they just did not look good. And also the defense, like I said before, Watt had that scoop and score. You thought that maybe TJ Watt had that scoop and score. You think that maybe that could have been the start of something. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, it really didn't, you know, lead to anything after, major after that. So they were, you know, the Chiefs were throwing the ball all over the place. Let's get to the – let's get to this game uh, tonight. Uh, that will be the Monday night. It'll, this will be Simon Castle of ESPN and ABC, um, Arizona and the, and the Los Angeles Rams. This will be a lot of fun. You know, this is going to be the third meeting between these two teams. You know, they split the first two meetings. The Rams have had some issues in their secondary. They got some injury issues there. You know, I, I know I picked the Rams, but I, I have expect, but this is before all this stuff with the injuries and such. And I'm a little worried because if they could get, you know, Kyle Murray, this is going to be their his first sort of, you know, go at it in the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see how how he responds, you know, Matt Stafford is going to be his first, you know, go out in the Rams uniform. He hasn't been in the playoffs in years. So it's going to be very interesting to see how, you know, both these teams sort of, you know, start off, you know, do, you know, which team's going to get the jump early. You know, and JJ Watt is supposed to be back, you know, today. So tonight, so this is probably where it gets very interesting. Yes. Yeah, so I picked the Rams as well. Uh, first of all, Eric Reddle was signed off the street. He hasn't played in three years, so he's going to help out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's going to help out the Rams in, their, in the secondary. Outside of Jalen Ramsey, Lakina, that Rams secondary has been uh, hot butter mm-hmm. on a breakfast toast all year. <laughs> hot garbage, now, hot butter on the breakfast yeah, toast. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but uh, in the, on the defensive line, who's going to step up outside of Aaron Donald? Leonard Floyd, the former Chicago Bear. Uh, he, he was rewarded with the contract extension the offseason. I want to see what he does uh, tonight against Kyler Murray in the Arizona offense. But on the flip side, for the Rams offensively, you will hope they will be more committed to running the football, especially with the Cam Akers back. I know you have Sony Michelle, the former New England Patriot. You you have you'll have to have to take the pressure off of Matthew Stafford. I know this is what they brought him here for, brought him to Los Angeles for uh, to get the Rams over the next hump. Uh, get him over the hump and go to the next level. But I think the, uh, let's see if Sean McVay, uh, the quote-unquote boy genius uh, offensively for the Rams, their head coach, let's see if he can have a balanced game plan tonight because if he doesn't, they're going to be in trouble. I think they're still better than Arizona. But uh, if Sean McVay, he has to be careful how he calls this game tonight because if he doesn't, they're going to be in trouble. Well, and if you're Arizona, do you try to make, you know, try to you know, establish the, the- – establish everything early by going for the run. I think that let James Conner, you know, eat up yards, you know, Chase Edmonds, you know, they're both back. You've got a pretty good tandem there. Maybe perhaps try that. Or, you know, if you're going to, you know, maybe run the ball a little bit more, or do you, are you going to try to go for the pass? I mean, it's going to get also the defense too. I know Aaron Donald's going to be, you know, chasing because he, he sacked Kyler a couple of times in their second meeting. So if you're Arizona, you're thinking, okay, well, what can we do to kind of establish the, you know, Make the you know, make pace with the game early. So I think if you're if you're this could probably this 
definitely could come down to perhaps maybe, you know, the a last possession, perhaps. So, mm-hmm. it, like I said, this should be a very fun game. It's probably going to be the game of the weekend, I feel like, because you've got two divisional uh, opponents facing each other. So I think that should help. They know each other's, you know, idiosyncrasies. And I, and I, I feel like this is, this should be, this could get, like I said, this could come, come down to maybe perhaps a field goal or whoever has the ball last wins. But yeah, it's going to be going to depend on who established what, what they want, what their game plan will be early. Also too, I want to see how Odell Beckham Jr. would be used in the game plan. This is his first playoff tri- uh, trip to the playoffs in a few years. I believe since 2015 with the New York football giants. I want to see how Sean McVay involves him in the game plan as well, because uh, he, he was brought to you brought to stabilize the wide receiving core, especially after the injury mm-hmm. to Robert Woods. And so I want to see how he steps up tonight. But we, remember, Lakina, you know, I don't like both these teams because the way they both of them finished up the season, of course, the Rams backed into a division title and the Cardinals has been struggling for the last two months. Uh, it's almost picking the lesser of two evils, but I think the Rams have just a little bit more talent on the roster than the Cardinals. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins, uh, the Cardinals still wide receiver, I don't think he's going to play tonight. And so and it takes a a, a a weapon away from Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray. Let's see if Chase Edmonds is going to uh, see if he can run the ball with some consistency. I think it's going to come down just to execution, Lakina. Uh, and I think the Rams will be able to do that there at home. I, I, I picked them to win on Friday. I'll pick them to win again, to, uh, still pick them uh, to win tonight. Yeah, I know I picked the Rams too, but I, I feel like if Arizona does pull off the quote unquote upset, I mean these two these two teams are pretty much even. So and I, yeah. and I, and I kind of feel like they're I'm sure they are going to probably run the ball a little bit more. Arizona will just to kind of compensate for the fact that it looks like you know Hawkins won't play tonight. But you know you, you never know. I mean, like I said before, look weird things have happened in these you know super wild card weekends. You know we saw what the 49ers Cowboys game yesterday. So. It'll be interesting to see if that's going to become the case with this game here. But again, we'll see. Like I said, if it could come down to maybe whoever has the ball last, you know, could end up winning it. And eh, look, I think, I don't know if I would say lesser or two evils, but like I said, like I've been saying the last couple of weeks, you know, once you're in a dance and you have a shot and these two teams have a shot. So we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah. One more time, tonight's Rams Cardinals game can be seen on ESPN and ABC at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Before we close out our number one, we'll give you the schedule for next weekend in the NFL playoffs as they uh, move on to the divisional round. Next Saturday, the Bengals and Titans will play at Tennessee. That's at 3.30 p.m. on CBS, followed by the 49ers at Packers at 7.15 on Fox. That's your schedule for next Saturday. Next Sunday, the winner of the Rams Cardinals We'll travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. That's at 2 o'clock on Sunday. That's on NBC. And at 5.30 on CBS on Sunday, we'll have the Bills and the Chiefs, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. So that's your schedule for the NFL a Division Around that will kick off next Saturday afternoon. Our number one in the books, our number two, our number two straight ahead. As we'll get into the Bulls, they had their own version of the Boston Tea Party disaster against the Celtics last Saturday night. They have a game today on national television against the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll preview that. Of course, we'll get into the best and worst of the NBA from the weekend, and we'll get into some college basketball as well, along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You're listening to a special Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMath.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
The Bears interviewed former Dolphins coach Brian Flores and Saints assistant GM Jeff Ireland for their vacant coach and GM jobs on Friday. Flores was let go by the Dolphins after leading Miami to a 24-25 record over three years. Ireland was Miami's GM from 2008 to 2013. They won the AFC East with an 11-5 record in his first season after going 1-15 in the season before. Ireland was hired by New Orleans in 2015, essentially replacing Ryan Pace when he became Chicago's GM. The Bears fired Matt Nagy and Pace following a 6-11 season. NBA this afternoon, 2-30 tip-off for the Bulls at Memphis. Chicago with a half-game lead over the Nets on top of the Eastern Conference. The Grizzlies had an 11-game winning streak snapped in a 112-85 loss Friday against the Mavericks. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID and the flu. And the only way to reliably detect fever is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Be sure to seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports on the special Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Holiday Edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny Score McGee on the IG. If you have a question or comment for us uh, during this 60-minute edition uh, that's remaining in our show today, you can go to Sports on, Chicago's, uh, on, Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off our number two of this uh program uh, discussing the Chicago Bulls and we'll get to the rest of the NBA in just a couple of moments. Lakina, the Bulls, their record is at 27 and 14 on the season. We'll give you our preview of the game later on today against the Memphis Grizzlies coming up. But Lakina, the Bulls are at a crossroads. I, I, I told you that that I didn't like the way this team has been playing two out of the last three games, minus the Detroit victory a week ago tomorrow. But uh, they lost to the Warriors ugly on Friday. Zach Levine injured his knee. Now, the good news is, is there's no structural damage here, so he's not going to miss that many games as of right now. I doubt it that he replays today at Memphis. He didn't play on Saturday at, at Boston. We'll review the game in just a second. But Lakina, uh, uh, the Bulls had uh, their uh, their second major crossroads uh, of the season. Now, they, they were dealing with COVID just like everybody else, but now it seems like the more things have thrown at them, we're going to see what this team is made of. Now, last Saturday, they lost uh, a six-point lead with two minutes left to go. Boston came back, 
won the game with two free throws as the eight as the Boston Celtics defeated the Bulls 114 to 112. Now, I know the old saying goes that there's some uh, silver lining in a bad situation. It turned out to be uh, that that in that case for the Chicago Bulls, Nikolai Vucevic. I know many Bulls fans use him as a punching bag. In 35 minutes of action, Vucevic had 27 points, six rebounds, six assists. He was 12 for 20 overall in shooting, so he wasn't the problem last Saturday. Io Dusumo in his first start of the season, he played 40 minutes, had 21 points, 10 rebounds. Sorry, four rebounds and 10 assists. I like the way he ran the team on Saturday, Lakina. As I said before. Uh, uh, d- during the early part of the season when Kobe White was still on the shelf. Any experience that IU got uh, is going to be used, uh, is going to be helpful to this team uh, later on in the season. And that's what we're seeing right now. And speaking of Kobe White, he, he was he started in the place uh, of the injury, Zach Levine. In 39 minutes of action, he had 19 points, including 5 or 10 shooting from three-point range. Yeah, it's, look, it's one of those things where, look, if Zach plays, they win that game. But let's let's be, keep it 100 here. And and look, I know Bulls fans want to, you know, rag on, you know, Vucevic. I mean, look, Vucevic wasn't the issue. You know, yes, he probably could have more rebounds, but he scored 27 points. And the Bulls are still shorthanded. I mean, Caruso is out. Devontae, Devontae Graham's been, been out. You know, the good news for, for both of them, they are going to be playing for the Windy City Bulls in their game tonight. So that should definitely help them. You know, hopefully they'll be back before the week is out. And look, if Zach has to sit a couple of games, you know, to – nurse that knee, then, you know, so be it. I mean, I, like, I, I would rather him be Javante Green, I should say. So I, I'm going to, you know, Javante Graham, I should say. So I'm, I'm going to, like, you know, hold off hold off on, you know, you know any takes. I mean, they're still, no, they're still number one in the East. I'm not worried about them right now. And, look, they're still shorthanded, the Bulls are. So they've been able to respond. They could, like I said, they could have won that game, you know, if you know, certain things didn't happen. You know, as as far as you know the, the the scheduling, I mean, look, they got a tough one on you know later on in a little bit against the Grizzlies. I know the Grizzlies have been on a roll lately with John Morant and you know and you know those other guys as they're being called. Now, as for the, look, the, the Bulls look uh, look if look if they okay three game will lose a streak. Okay, whatever. I mean, it's a long season. Folks need to just chill. All right. So and I get so like you know miffed at Bulls fans for. Every little thing. I mean, they're they're being sh- and you know, look, these guys are playing shorthanded right now, and I and I feel like we're at that point. You're okay. Look, you know, it's we're only about halfway through the season, so I'm not gonna like you know rage against. Oh well, they haven't. You know, how dare they? They haven't. You know, they haven't played their best. I know. Look, they got their butts kicked by Golden State. Okay, they look. They had a lot to prove. They got their butts kicked by Milwaukee. You know, they didn't play very well in their last couple of games. You know, besides that Detroit game. I'm not going to rage. Look, this is look, we're kind of in the middle of the season here. I'd rather have all these problems now and get it out of the way. Whereas later this season, go into the playoffs. Hopefully, everybody will be fresh for the playoffs. And then, look, we'll see if they make any moves. I know, I know they signed uh, Malcolm Hill to a two way deal. We'll see how that works out. Could they have a, a bigger, you know, could AK never be playing a bigger move? Look, you know, they always move in silence, as they say. It's good, the bad people move in silence. So we'll see what what trick they have up their sleeve. So I'm not going to like go freak out like, Oh my God. Like, you know, thankfully, you know, you know, Levine's injury isn't serious. Like I say, if he has to sit maybe a week or two, then so be it. But yeah, look, I- I'd rather be safe than sorry. Yeah. I'm with you, Lakina, as far as Zach Levine, thank goodness I know, uh, uh, that uh, there's no further damage to his knee. That's the same knee that he had surgery on a few years ago with his torn ACL. 
uh, prior to him uh, being traded here to Chicago. But Lakina, it's all about again, again those your especially your stars healthy, and especially uh, after the All Star break to make make this run towards the playoffs and ho hopefully go far. But you got to have your stars healthy, like you said, Lakina. If he's going to miss the next week or two, so be it. I'd rather you do it now than to heaven forbid that this happens uh, uh, towards the end of the regular season. Bulls fans, are you worried about this team? This team has lost three out of their last four games. Or are you? do you have Lakina's attitude? Everything is going to be just fine. Just uh, weigh this out and continue to still play at, at 500 ball and still remain at the top of the conference. We want to hear your answers. You can go to uh, facebook.com backslash sportszonechicago or you can go to Sports on Chicago on YouTube, type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, as a fan, I was frustrated what happened on Saturday. The Bulls should have won that game, but I was proud of them that the way they play, especially after they get embarrassed uh, against the Golden State Warriors last Friday. Remember, Lakina, I expected that performance against Golden State. That didn't happen, but to Bulls, for the Bulls to play like the way they did, despite the ending on Saturday night, you had to give Billy Donovan their head coach credit on that, especially on the back-to-back. -back. Well, yeah, and also, too, they, look, they could have, you know, well, went over, you know, folded up, and just after what happened with Golden State, they didn't. So they should definitely be committed. I think that's, all, that's you know, akin to their head coach, Billy Donovan. I think he's sort of like a scrapper. You know, he kind of played that way when he was at Providence. So this is sort of like an epitome of what, of what his attitude is. And, look, we'll see what happens. Look, it's going to be tough, that game. You know, this game they have to you know, come up in a little bit against the Grizzlies because, like I said before, John Morant's been playing very well. The team, mm -hmm. they were actually playing pretty well even before when he was hurt. So, again, you know, they've been pretty, playing pretty well lately. And, look, we'll see how they respond. I mean, look, like, and, look, we've been saying this before. Lonzo Ball is still, you know, getting over the, the effects of COVID. So, hopefully, you know, we'll see him make a breakthrough tonight. I mean, today, I should say, and look, this is, look, look I mean, someone's going to have to try us off, John Moran. I mean, also, happy 22nd birthday to AO, by the way. He just turned 22 today, and um, I'm sure he'll be, he'll probably be tasked with having to guard, you know, John Moran, and we'll see how, well, that'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah, the, today's game will take place from Memphis at 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can watch that game on TNT. Lakina, what are you looking forward to uh, today's game against Memphis? Uh, what? Are you looking for the Bulls to do, uh, especially offensively? You mentioned uh, how are they going to stop John Moran? Uh, <laughs> good luck with that, especially without Zach Levine. But uh, what are you looking forward to offensively for the Chicago Bulls for today's game? I'm looking forward to a matchup between Steven Adams and Vooch. That should be a fun one between those two. You got two big men playing in, you know, inside there. That should be a, a fun matchup. Like I said before, who's going to get the task? I mean, will it, will Lonzo will they be taking turns? You know, between Lonzo and Ao. I mean, look, I mean, you know, it's, it's going to get, you know, pretty interesting. Although, you know, it, it's like, I, like I said before, I think this could be one of those games where I'm not going to say this game is going to be a litmus test because who knows if Memphis will still be, you know, up there by the time we get into the, after the all-star break that people might, you know, teams might start figuring them out maybe, but you know, like I said before, if they can, you know, try to maybe tame Morant, that's going to be a tough task, especially without Zach, but, if they can try, they can kind of like, you know, you know, kind of be a force on them. I think they're they're pretty similar in their playing, their defensive styles as well. Mm -hmm. It's gonna, like I said, it's gonna get interesting to see. Look, I'm sure the Bulls are gonna fight. I'm sure the Bulls are gonna and look if they end up winning, hey, cool. That's gonna be the big upset. Mm -hmm. And I know like some I know JJ Reddick got some, you know, flack for some, you know, posts. He said, Oh, well, the Bulls are only the fifth best team. 
I, I'm, I'd be okay if that if I were the Bulls because, like I said, you know what? No one's going to expect them to really do anything. So I say use that as a rallying cry. What I'm looking forward to today's game is who's going to help out DeMar DeRozan in the scoring department? Who's going to be his Batman? You mentioned Vucevic. He had 27 points on Saturday at Boston in the loss. Can he keep that up today, especially going against Stephen Adams, who's a scrapper um, throughout his whole career, especially with OKC? He's doing a great job for Memphis so far this year. So I'm looking forward to that matchup as well. Uh, how is the growth of Io Dusumu? Will it continue to trend upward, especially he has to – be the primary defender on John Morant. Uh, uh, will that continue today? And also, too, Kobe White, will he continue his hot streak of shooting? Because they'll definitely need it today, especially without Zach Levine. Yeah, he's definitely going to have to step up, absolutely. And and also, like I said before, I mean, you know, like, like I said, you know, John Morant's really the only player that people know So on that roster. So I think, you know, the other guys, we'll, we'll see how they, you know, guard some of the other guys that are on that team because, I'm sure the Grizzlies are not going to be in a very good mood because of the way they got pummeled by the Mavs a couple of days ago. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see how they respond. I mean, you know, it like I said before. I mean, you know, Desmond Bain and you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. and all those guys. I mean, I know some people may not know those are not house household names, but they're one. They're the main reasons why Memphis is where they are right now. So, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what what they do to you know today against the Bulls. I mean, well. We'll see. I mean, these two team styles can be new or pretty similar. So it'll, like I said, it could be a lot of scoring. Yes, it'll be a lot of scoring. We'll see what happens. Once again, that game tips off at 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time today. You can watch that game on TNT. Lakina, let's get to some news and notes from over the weekend in the National Basketball Association. The Brooklyn Nets are going through the same thing as the Chicago Bulls. Right now, in terms of injuries, the Nets did beat the New Orleans Pelicans 120-105 to 105 on Saturday, but that wasn't a big story. The big story was that Kevin Durant uh, injured his knee. He's going to be reevaluated in four to six weeks, almost like the same injury he had with Golden State uh, during to his second to last uh, during uh, the 2018 championship season. So there were some similarities there. And so Durant will be out for the next month, of course. Uh, Kyrie Irving is back. Uh, Blake Griffin still being played uh, in a part-time role. You still have James Harden, Lakina. I think that the Brooklyn Nets will survive this. It's not going to be easy, but I think they'll survive. Yes, yeah, so like I said before, it's going to be interesting to see how you know Kyrie's going to probably going to have to step up. You know, Harden's going to have to step up, and you know a couple of the other guys. Um, we may see more Patty Mills. So I think, look, I think the look, I think the Nets are going to be just fine with KDL. You know, we'll see how I'm sure he's going to be reevaluated at the end of the month, you know, end of that full week period. So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully he'll be, he can come back, you know, in, in that six, four to six week span. That way they won't have to miss him too much. But I mean, right, right now, I mean, I know they've kind of had their struggles, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they've had to deal with one of their boat and two of the guys out before, you know, they've been doing okay. I mean, they've lost a couple of games here and there, but they've, They've been able to kind of, you know, stay, you know, in stay afloat. So we'll see what we can do the same with KD being out. Yeah, staying with the Eastern Conference, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers escaped with a 107-102 win last Saturday against the Oklahoma City Thunder on the road. And these, quietly, the Philadelphia 76ers are getting back on track despite the Ben Simmons rumors, not so much rumors. They defeated the Miami Heat 109-98. I did, I did get a chance to watch some of that live. Uh, we mentioned Lakina uh, about the Miami Heat. They're not going to go out quietly. They're like the Memphis Grizzlies, who we just talked about a few moments ago. 
uh, outside of Jimmy Butler and, and Kyle Lowry. They don't have the quote unquote sexy names, but they have players that fill in their roles nicely. And you had to give uh, Heat head coach Eric Spurs for all, all the credit in the world for that. On the flip side for Philadelphia, they're starting to turn around here. I know Tobias Harris has been mentioning some train rumors as well. He's the Batman to Joel and B's Robin. So those guys have picked it up as well. So Philadelphia and Miami, it was a good matchup on Saturday. Uh, those two teams, if they get it going, it's going to be really tough in the Eastern Conference come playoff time. Yeah, and Seth Curry, Seth Curry, not Steph's younger brother, <clears throat> Seth Curry had S E T H. Yeah, so that's yeah, so that's that's uh yeah, so he definitely is you know, has stepped up here a little bit as well. And look, I think MB is sort of like making a case for perhaps maybe being in the MVP discussion. He had a double double, so it's like I said, it's gonna like I said, it's gonna be interesting. I know that Jimmy's coming back from injury. That's why he had he only I think he only scored like eight points or something like that. So <laughs> during that game, so I think that's kind of had a lot to do with that as well. So. You know, I, I think Philly's sort of kind of creeping up a little bit. You know, we'll see what they can do. They got a pretty tough schedule in these next couple of weeks, so we'll see what we'll see how they how they how they unfold. I mean, can they perhaps maybe get into that you know num, you know top three or four seed in the East? I mean, we'll, we'll see. Should be a a, a fun uh, interesting one there. Um, also to the Nuggets. I mean, unfortunately, the Lakers. Just when you thought that maybe maybe the Lakers are starting to figure it out, they get you know pummeled by. <laughs> Denver by 37 points. Um, yeah, Jokic had his eight triple double, and you know that 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 led the way for the Nuggets as they you know just hammered the Lakers. I know, I know, uh, LeBron tweeted something uh, over the weekend saying that he'll try to play better. I, I I don't know what 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 else can he say. I mean, AD is still out. You know, he might be out another week or two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Dwight Howard, he's doing what he can, but and also do the the rest of the supporting cast is just ugh, just he's not he's not getting he's not getting any help. And look, if you're LeBron, you just turned 37 a couple of weeks back, you need more help. And you know, Car- I know I know Carmelo's you know has has some injury issues too, so mm-hmm. he's not playing right now. It, it's just it's just sort of an SOS for the Lakers. Yeah, I don't know what you could do if, uh, at this point if you're a GM, Rob Palenka. I know some people say fire Frank Vogel, but it, if firing your head coach is going to solve the issue, I don't think so. You need to make changes to the roster, but your salary cap strapped. What what will you do? This is the team that LeBron James wanted. This is what you have now. Yeah, I, I don't look. I don't know what what's going to happen. I mean, what what can the what can the Lakers do at this point? You know, this late in the season, I don't know they they can't train anybody, but yeah, I don't know what else. What else can they do? But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens there. Now, as for yesterday's matchups, um, you know, Phoenix, you know, beat uh, the Detroit pretty easily by twenty-seven points. You know, Devin Booker had thirty points, leading the way for the Suns. Also, to um, Utah, you know, defeated uh, Denver, you know, pretty easily. I think I don't. I think people were kind of shocked by the score. I think the people thought the score was going to be pretty close. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had thirty-one points. And, you know, with everything, you know, everything else, I mean, that that's sort of, you know, been kind of like the thing he's sort of leading the way for the the Nuggets. You know, Bogdanovich had 21. Joke, uh, Jokic, I should say. And the reigning MVP had another triple-double, but it wasn't enough as the Jazz were able to kind of just tame the Nuggets by 23. This was actually – I actually got a chance to watch a little bit of this game via this uh, lovely device here. And, <laughs> it, you know, it was interesting that, they, you know, it was actually the fourth quarter. It was actually pretty close, but – 34 points, they out they outscored the Nuggets by 20, and the Jazz were able to pull away late. 
Yeah, I watched some of this game too live instead of the Kansas City uh, Pittsburgh football game. But you mentioned we met, or we mentioned uh, the last few years, Lakina, on the on the show. The Jazz, they're a very good regular season team, but can you show up during the playoffs? Uh, that's the question. I still believe that on the flip side, different Nuggets will be fine, but they they gotta get some of their key guys back, and I think they'll be okay. I know the Warriors lost by twenty last night to the Minnesota Timberwolves. If you're a Warriors fan, you're not worried about this. Yeah, I mean, look, I know that look, I know that uh, Draymond's going to be out another couple of weeks. That calf injury, you know, Clay's starting to kind of you know get into a rhythm again, so he it might be a couple of weeks for him. I know Steph, you know, Steph has been kind of been up and down lately too. So, you know, I know Warriors fans are kind of freaking out about, oh my God, you know, you know they're they're, they're struggling they're struggling a little bit, but you know what? Like it's, it's par for the course. It's ever supposed to be a long season, even with you know, teams like the Warriors and such. So I, I wouldn't be too worried right now if you're the, a Warriors fan. You're only about halfway through the season, and it's, it's look there's, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. So I think people who are freaking out about yeah the Warriors have been struggling, but it, it, there's really no need to panic. You're listening to Second City Sports Live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago on a special Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown as we continue to talk the about the NBA in general. Lakina, since this is a holiday today, uh, uh, there's uh, games going on, on uh, across the country. Just give you a, a couple of uh, updated scores. Uh, early in the fourth quarter, the Boston Celtics lead the New Orleans Pelicans 75-69 at halftime at MSG. The, the Charlotte Hornets lead the Knicks by 18, 62-44. And just underway, the Washington Wizards are leading the Philadelphia 76ers 15-9. Now, the rest of the MLK schedule for the NBA goes as this. The Cleveland Cavaliers will host the injury Brooklyn Nets at 2 o'clock. Of course, the Bulls and the Grizzlies will play at 2.30 on TNT. At the same time, at 2.30, we'll have the Pacers traveling to L.A. to take on the Clippers. At 5 p.m., as part of the TNT MLK Day doubleheader, we'll have Milwaukee at Atlanta, the uh, rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals. At 6 p.m., we'll have Portland at Orlando. At 6.30, the Raptors will travel to Miami to take on the Heat. At 7.30, we'll have uh, Dallas hosting the OKC Thunder. At 7.30, we'll have San Antonio hosting the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix continuing their uh, road trip. And at 9.30 p.m. on NBA TV, we'll have the Utah Jazz playing the second of their back-to-back there at Los Angeles to take on the Lakers. That should be a fun game, too, even despite the Lakers still being pretty shorthanded. Tuesday for tomorrow's games, you got Minnesota and New York. These are both NBA TV doubleheaders. And also Detroit and Golden State. You know, we'll see how Golden State looks. I know that some of the We'll see if Clay Thompson will be able to play tomorrow. I know New York, you know, they've been kind of been a little bit up and down. They've kind of been a little bit on the road, but kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, take a couple of steps back. So we'll see. That should be a fun one on NBA TV. Just starts Wednesday's games. you got Philadelphia hosting Orlando, Brooklyn, you know, starting off their, you know, their second game without KD and Washington. That should be a fun one. Minnesota and Atlanta, Charlotte and Boston. That's the first game with the ESPN doubleheader. Portland, that should be a good one. Yeah, and Portland continues their East Coast trip, you know, playing against Miami at 6.30. And, of course, you know, Chicago hosting Cleveland at 7 o'clock. Memphis at Milwaukee. That should be a fun one as well. I'm really looking forward to that one. That yeah. should be a lot of fun. And Toronto and Dallas at 7.30. And continuing the Wednesday schedule, the Thunder will take on the Spurs at 7.30. The Rockets and the Jazz at 8 o'clock. Clippers and Nuggets will wrap up the ESPN Wednesday night doubleheader at 9 o'clock. The Pistons will visit 
Sacramento at 9 o'clock. And then at 9.30, you all have the Pacers facing off against the Los Angeles Lakers. Could it get worse for the Lakers? Could it lose into the Pacers? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you... I mean, uh, ooh, ooh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of like, I don't know. Could it be worse for the pace? I mean, with all the rumors going on about, you know, what do they want? You know, what, you know, they want two first round picks for the, you know, for the vert. I, I mean, that's just like, you're not going to get two first rounders. I mean, that that's just absurd. So I don't know what they're doing over there in Indiana. I know they want to, you know, wipe the slate clean and start over. If you're Rick Carlisle, you're thinking like, what, 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 what's going on here? But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what what, what happens, but I, I I feel like you know there, there might be some uh, taming of demands, if you will, for the Pacers, but we'll see. Now Thursday's matchups: you got New Orleans and New York, and you got the first game with the TNT doubleheader. It'll be Phoenix and Dallas. And the second game of that TNT doubleheader. Speaking of the Pacers, as they continue their West Coast road trip, they'll. They'll have the honor of traveling to Chase Center to take on Golden State, uh, Golden State Warriors at nine o'clock. So that's your schedule for the NBA for this upcoming week. Lakina, let's get into a, a couple of teams that you have you've been impressed with or you want to uh, see improve. For me, uh, the Golden State Warriors, even though they've been up and down lately, I know they beat the Bulls last Friday night, the night before they got embarrassed at Milwaukee on national television. They lost to Minnesota last night. But as I said before, Lakina, uh, all season long, when Clay Thompson comes back, I know he's not going to play in back-to-back games to start off with, uh, to get his conditioning back. I still like this Warriors team. You still have depth. Of course, they're led by Steph Curry. Draymond Green's still injured right now, so you have to wait till he gets back. You have Jordan Poole. You still have Gary Payton II. Uh, those world players have stepped up big time for this Warriors team all year long. And, uh, as soon as uh, Clay Thompson gets his uh, conditioning back, this team is really going to be dangerous. I'm not calling them champions yet, but they're, they're going to cause a couple of problems for uh, uh, for a couple of teams come playoff time. I Yeah, I, I really agree with you on that. And like I said before, this should be an interesting one going to the playoffs. Um, I would say Phoenix is probably the team that I'm, I'm impressed with. I mean, I think they've shown that they're – they, this wasn't a fluke last year. The fact that they made the, uh, the 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 NBA Finals. I know some people were like, you know, they kind of benefited from some of the you know the injuries on the top, you know, some of the top teams in the West. They're showing you that no, you know what, this team's actually pretty good. Of course, you got Book. Also, too, when they when he, he was you know gone, he was banged up with the ankle injury. You know, they stepped up. You know, the Suns did. They won like sixteen in a row. So you know, going into the end of last year, so. You know, they're 33 and nine right now. They're right up there in the top three in the West. The CP3, you know, looked has looked really good, of course, you know, at his age. Of course, Booker, and they're also getting, you know, DeAndre Aiden. Also, they're getting like, you know, great contributions from their supporting cast as well. So you got it. And also, too, I think Monty Williams should, you know, be considered for coaching for coach of the year honors. And look, I know there's some stuff going on with the ownership. You know, I know there's still, you know, some things that are, you know, mm-hmm. some things that came out, but. Again, we won't get into that, but you know, Javel McGee and you know, campaign, and you know, I, I look, I, I'm just really impressed. You now, can they look? I'm not gonna say they're gonna make the make the finals again, but they're making a good case for it. And also, also too, I want to focus in on the uh, New York Knicks. Looking, I know they're losing as of right now to the Charlotte Hornets at home, but it looks like they're starting to finally turn around a little bit. I know they were the surprise team in the league last year. Currently, they're under 500. I know Derrick Rose, our guy from Chicago, is injured. He's gone for a while. 
Julius Randle, the most improved player from a year ago in the first time All-Star. He just hasn't lived up to expectations. Do you think the Knicks will have enough to make a playoff run this year? Uh, they might, I, I think they get, I think they think it's a playing game. Other than that, I, uh, beyond that, I don't think so with like, with all the injuries and now Julius Randall, people are turning on him in New York. And of course, you know, D Rose being hurt right now. I, I, I warned everybody, you know, you know, we here in Chicago, we went through this, you know, things happen and, you know, guys get banged up and now everything's sort of kind of, you know, the wheels are starting to fall off. So. I think they can finish strong and get into the play-in, but I just don't see it. Uh, another team that's struggling in the Eastern Conference, as I mentioned uh, during our scheduling preview, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, they're 17-25 and 25 on this season. They'll play the Milwaukee Bucks later on today on TNT as part of the TNT's MLK doubleheader. Uh, Trey Young, uh, he, we started to see some improvements from him. I know they've been dealing with COVID issues and injuries as well. Do you see them uh, turning around? I, mean, I think they can, but like I, think I said, I think it's hard. Again, that was another team that benefited from some of the injuries in the in the Eastern Conference. So I don't know. I mean, Trey Young, I know he's had his struggles. You know, I know some of the supporting cast. I know they, like I said, I think they've, I know they've been having COVID issues. I, know, I think, you know, John Collins, you know, is the subject of trade rumors. Mm-hmm. So again, you just don't know. And you want to give Nate McMillan some, you know, all the credit in the world. But I think some of the shortcomings for Atlanta is starting to show. And I think that's why they're, near the bottom of the east right now yeah so we'll see what happens with those teams as they go along in this nba season lakina we hit the bottom of the hour uh it's going to be our last break for the show you're listening to second city sports on a special uh, martin luther king holiday edition along with lakina mcgee i am sydney brown when we return we'll have to get into some college basketball there are some college basketball hoops going on right now it looks like it's going to be a bar burning between purdue and illinois down in champagne and we'll get to some of the other top teams that were in action from over the weekend and we'll have a whole lot more fun so stay right there you're listening to sports zone chicago automotivemap.com presents the sports flash on the sports zone chicago the Bears interviewed former Dolphins coach Brian Flores and Saints assistant GM Jeff Ireland for their vacant coach and GM jobs on Friday. Flores was let go by the Dolphins after leading Miami to a 24-25 and record over three years. Ireland was Miami's GM from 2008 to 2013. They won the AFC East with an 11-5 and record in his first season after going 1-15 in the season before. Ireland was hired by New Orleans in 2015, essentially replacing Ryan Pace when he became Chicago's GM. The Bears fired Matt Nagy and Pace following a 6-11 season. NBA this afternoon, 2.30 tip-off for the Bulls at Memphis. Chicago with a half-game lead over the Nets on top of the Eastern Conference. The Grizzlies had an 11-game winning streak snapped in a 112-85 loss Friday against the Mavericks. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID and the flu. And the only way to reliably detect fever is with an accurate thermometer. 
Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Be sure to seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the special Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Holiday Edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. This is our last segment of the show for today. And Lakina, let's let's uh, wrap it up uh, by first talking about uh, some college hoops. Let's start off locally uh, in, here in the state of Illinois. Of course, we have a game going on right now down uh, down in Champaign, Illinois. It's number four ranked Purdue Boilermakers. They're currently holding on to a three-point lead over the 17th ranked uh, fighting the line night, 83-80. They're in the second overtime. We'll see if Illinois can pull it out. They were trailing by 11 points at the half, but they, they came back. Purdue failed to score down the stretch, and and that's why we're in the over, double overtime session right now. It looks like Purdue is trying to pull away, but we'll see what happens with that. But I want to go back to last Friday's game between Illinois and Michigan State. Illinois, uh, both teams started up uh, struggling from the field, but in that second half, Kofi Coburn proved his dominance as the uh, as Illinois defeated the shorthanded Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, it was actually a, a nice game and a nice showing by Illinois. I know Michigan's got their own issues, you know, at the top. You know, we won't get into that, but uh, mm -hmm. it, it's it's sort of you know one of those things as I'm you know looking at this game right now. But watching this game all like I they feel you know, just as they just hit the three, they got to cut the lead down to two. But yeah, I mean, going back to to uh, Friday's game, I mean, I watched a little bit of it, but you know, look, I think Michigan's been having their struggles this year. So you know, the fact that you know Cockburn had twenty one and. You know, they were able to kind of pull off you know, that win against Michigan. Michigan actually had an early lead, but, you know, you know, Illinois was kind of, you know, able to, you know, he started heating up for three and they were able to pull it out. But, yeah, it was a, a nice showing by Illinois. And like I said before, Michigan, you know, I know a lot of people said they've probably been one of the disappointments this year, you know, for various reasons. I know injuries and such, but, you know, this is a nice win for Illinois. Yeah, but for Illinois, Alfonso Plummer uh, had 15 points, including two or six. Uh, sorry, including including five or 12 shooting. Trent Frazier he controlled the pace for the Illini in that second half. He had 18 points, including uh, five 11 shooting. He also dished out seven assists as well. Uh, when Illinois controls the pace and they don't turn the ball over, uh, uh, they usually win the, the majority of the time. I did like the comment that, that Jim Jackson made on the broadcast on FS1 last Friday. He was calling the game with Joe Davis. And Jim Jackson was explaining on how Brent Underwood struggled his first two years. The, the stars that you see on the, on the team now. Brad Underwood was teaching uh, those guys the first couple of years. Now, the last couple of years, we saw that the Illini started to have some success, and you're starting to see uh, their full potential now. So I thought that was a, a great point that Jim Jackson made on the broadcast up for, uh, last Friday. Well, Frazier's one of those guys. He's one of those energy guys. He kind of reminds you a lot yeah. of, of uh, Kobe White. He's kind of the energy guy, and, and, you know, energy guy that kind of you know gives you that you know, sense of, okay, you know what, we're definitely going to have a little bit of energy, you know, a little jolt of it, and they're going to need it right now, too. They're down four with about a minute, you know, minute 35 left in the double overtime thrower. So, you know, I think, like, Illinois, look, look, that Big Ten is wide – that Big Ten conference is wide open. 
So, you know, we'll be interested to see which teams can step up. But, you know, going into Saturday's game, you know, Baylor has been struggling lately. You know, they lost, you know, they lost to Texas Tech. Of course, they lose to Oklahoma State at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm not freaking out right now. I know Baylor fans are a little bit scared, but I don't think they mm-hmm. should be because I, I feel like they'll get it together. You know, it's, it's like I said, you're going to a, a stretch where, you know, you're in the middle of the season, you're starting conference play, you're going to get the best out of all your teams, especially when there's really no, there are really no weak teams in the Big 12. So I think they're, that's what they're kind of getting at. And I think they'll be okay. Because Zach is the new number one in the country. You know, they, they beat Santa Clara. You know, Auburn, who I think should have been number one. You know, they've had very impressive wins lately. They beat Ole Miss by not by nine. I you know, look, Bruce Pearl, whether you like him or not, has his guys playing pretty well <laughs> right now. You know, they're sixteen and one. They beat Alabama. That was a that was a thrilling game. You know, early early last week. So. They should be number one, but of course they're not. But, you know, again, that's another uh, conversation there. But, uh, you know, Al, uh, Auburn has looked really good. So, you know, they should definitely be considered for definitely the number one ranking. Um, UCLA bounced back. You know, they lost to Oregon. They beat Oregon State pretty easily. Um, Oregon, who should be number one. They've beaten both the uh, both the L.A. area teams. They beat the UCLA last Thursday, and, you know, they beat USC you know, this past Saturday. So mm-hmm. why aren't they being considered for uh, to be in the top 25? They were like, they were in the top 15 earlier this year. So I, I don't know, but I don't know what weird things, you know, with, you know, that goes on the minds of the AP voters. Also Northwestern, you know, Northwestern beat Michigan State. At, I saw that by two. At least, <laughs> at, yeah. At, at least, look, this is their first win against Michigan State. I think like, well, like over, over a decade. So yeah, the, the ending was a little bit weird, but you know, Chris Collins, you know, needed that win desperately because they had been struggling lately. They were one and three and one and four in the Big Ten. So they definitely needed that win. Yeah, congratulations to Northwest. As I said before, Lakina, about the the Wildcats. So uh, uh they had a couple of years, uh, uh they had that one great year a few years ago in, in making the NCAA tournament. It, it's almost mirrors their football cor- program. You have a successful season. And then you turn around, you have a couple of bad seasons. There's no consistencies there. Let's see if they can surprise some people and pick it up because if they don't, there's going to be another long offseason for Chris Collins and crew. Uh, let's go to Sunday's action. Uh, Villanova with a big win yesterday over Butler, 82-42. And Ohio State, that's another one of those big tech teams here we were talking about last week, Lakina. Uh, they got by Penn State, 61-56. Yeah, I mean, I think Villanova starting to heat back up a little bit. I know they had a couple, couple, you know, not necessarily bad losses, but they had a couple losses a few weeks ago. They're starting to kind of find their groove now. You know, they're hitting their threes. Yeah, they beat Butler pretty handily by forty points. Good grief! But yeah, I mean, and also to Ohio State, I mean, they could definitely make a case. I know EJ Liddell, if you know, that's a guy that you know came back to school, he's making you know a big contributions for you know his Buckeyes, and you know they've looked really good too. And we'll we'll see. I mean, that should be a you know they 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 play Illinois in a, in, a, in a few days, so that should be a fun matchup there. And look, it'll be interesting to see what they what they do. And you know, like I said, but that Big Ten's wide open, so there are multiple teams that can win that conference this year. Um, you know, Arizona beat Utah. Uh, Duke it looks like they're starting to kind of find their groove a little bit too. I mean, remember they were on pause for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. They beat NC State, uh, Kansas. You know, they they're starting to kind of you know get back into it too. Um, uh, Arkansas, uh, quote unquote upset, but not really, especially without their coach Aaron Musman, who's missing a couple of games due to safety protocol, health safety protocols. They beat LSU at LSU. 
Iowa State, I mean, you know, can they get a little bit of love too? You know, they beat Texas uh, by nine. And also to uh, Kentucky, also to uh, thoughts of hers, got to Joe B. Hall, who, you know, was who was only one of three guys, who was one of only three guys to win the national championship as alma mater and also to win as a player. He won a national championship with uh, Adolph Rupp as his coach in 1949, but also, too, he was, he led the team in 1978 to win uh, the national championship. That was significant because that was the first that was the first integrated squad for Kentucky that won a national championship. So that, that's why that's pretty significant. And, look, Kentucky, I, I think, look, he was a beloved figure there. And, look, I think Kentucky wanted to make sure that, you know, that they gave us some of the smile, smile from above, you know. They beat Tennessee pretty handily. Ty uh, Ty Washington Jr. had 28 points, so you know that was a that was a fun um, that was a fun showing by Kentucky. So yeah, so yeah, so also too, thoughts of prayers go out to Mr. Hall and the rest and you know his family and the, and also the Kentucky community. I know he was a, still a beloved fixture there even when he got even when he retired back in the early 80s. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in Living Color. You're listening to Second City Sports. Sid Lakina here with you as we wrap up today's show. Let's continue the college basketball talk, Lakina, by looking forward to some of the big games this upcoming week in the top 25. I'm looking at the schedule already. This this will interest me a, a great deal. This game will take place tomorrow night at 6 p.m. on ESPN. We have uh, former Loyola head coach uh, Porter Moser. His 12 and 5 Oklahoma Sooners. They'll host the number seven ranked Kansas Jayhawks in a Big 12 action. That should be yeah, fun. That, yeah, that, that should be fun. And and look, I mean, Oklahoma's kind of been up and down, but you know, with Kansas, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough one, of course. I, that should be a lot of fun, and I think they beat them. Before. I think I think Oklahoma has beaten them before in the last couple of years, so that should be interesting one there. That's a, a early game at six o'clock. Uh, Baylor will hope, hoping to bounce back. They got to go at uh, West Virginia. Note the start time though, folks, at four o'clock. Remember, a lot of these are makeup games because of your know, COVID and such. So that's why you're seeing some of these. You're seeing you know Purdue and Illinois play at you know 11 a.m and you're you're seeing um baylor and west virginia playing at four they were supposed to have played a couple of weeks back um uh let's see some other good ones here uh north carolina miami at six o'clock on acc network hubert davis having a solid showing for his first go around first season as head coach at uh unc as alma mater um, Miami's at five and one. These are two of the top teams in the ACC. You know, North Carolina is four and one, so that should be a fun one down there in Miami, uh, South Florida, and Houston. Uh, also, two Loyola, number twenty-two Loyola, and Evansville in the Missouri Valley in the ESPN Plus. The fighting Drew Valentines. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're they're ranked, backed ranked, so it's good to see them back uh, ranked. Uh, K State in Texas. At seven thirty on the Longhorn Network, that should be a fun one. Uh, Duke of Florida State. Uh, same since with the theme here. Joby Hall actually hired Leonard Hamilton. That was actually his first ace assistant coaching job. Of course, at the time, you know, in the Southern schools, they didn't want to hire a lot of black head coaches. So Joby Hall gave Leonard Hamilton his, his big break. And Duke and uh, Florida State. They, this has been a good a good you know match at these last couple of years, especially down there in Tallahassee. Uh, Wisconsin Northwestern at eight o'clock. Yo, Northwestern. Hopefully, maybe they can pull off another upset. We'll see. Iowa State and Texas Tech. That's for your phone one. That's eight o'clock on ESPNU. And let's go over to Wednesday's action at six p.m. on ESPN two. SEC basketball number thirteen ranked LSU Tigers. They're checking in at fifteen and two. They'll face the Alabama Crimson Tide. They're eleven and six. 
That should be a fun one down there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, let me see here. Marquette yeah, Villanova. Yeah, go ahead. CBS, CBS Sports Network. So if the guys have that, you know, uh, Shaka Smart, his first season down there. He's got his team playing, his team playing very well up there in Wisconsin, the Golden Eagles. So we'll see if they can pull out the upset in Philly. Also, to wrapping up the night on Wednesday on ESPN U at 8 p.m., we have number two Auburn. They'll host uh, Georgia. And uh, on FS1 at 8 p.m., we'll have number 28 Xavier. The Musketeers will travel here to Chicago to face the DePaul Blue Demons. DePaul still hanging on over 500 with a 10 and 6 mark. Yeah, that should. Yeah, I mean, that should be. We'll see if they can pull off another upset. But again, you know, Xavier has been playing pretty well. Like they, they're three, they got their three point shoot is probably like one of the tops in the conference. So they're going to have to defend a three, and we'll, we'll see if they can do just that. Um, Thursday, we have you a, got. No, go ahead. You finish up. Yeah, we have a final to pass along 96 to 88. Purdue defeats Illinois uh, down there in Champaign in double overtime. Uh, the uh, final line will suffer their first loss in the Big Ten this season. Uh, Purdue will improve to four and two in Big Ten conference play. Yeah, more early afternoon games, please. And you know, our girl, Kaylin Sharkey, you know, who, of course, is a sports anchor reporter for Fox Chicago. Even she said that she likes the uh, sort of the vibe that you get for very March Madness vibes with these early games. <laughs> so uh, we might be seeing more of these. Yeah, you never know. Um, uh, Georgetown, uh, Providence, that's at 4 o'clock on FS1. This is for Thursday. Also, you know, it's always good when these two in-state rivals clash. Indiana and Purdue, 6 o'clock on FS1 as well. That's the, that's the doubleheader, early afternoon doubleheader, I should say. That should be a lot of fun. And, of course, Mike Woodson, you know, his Indiana team is playing pretty well right now. And, you know, Purdue, of course, with that big win against Illinois. So they get a couple of days up before they are back in action. Again, this is sort of a makeup. These are all makeup games, some of these. So, mm-hmm. you know, those who are wondering about the scheduling. But uh, also SMU and Memphis. Memphis has been struggling a little bit lately. So let's see if they can, you know, let's see if they can kind of, you know, get back into the swing of things. Um <laughs> Oh, also, too, in the uh, Ohio Valley, you got Bel- the top two teams in that conference on ESPN News. Getting a little love there. Six o'clock, you got Belmont and Moorhead State. So that should be a fun of all you guys who are going to be looking for schools to cheer for during the big dance. You know, these it might be between these two teams in the Ohio Valley tournament. So make sure you check te- check that out. Yeah, wrapping up the Thursday schedule at six thirty on the Pac twelve. Network. We have number 16 USC. The Trojans will travel to Colorado to take on the Buffaloes at 8 p.m. on FS1. Number 25 UConn will face Butler on CBS Sports Network at 10 p.m. We'll have number one Gonzaga hosting San Francisco. At the same time on ESPNU, number three Arizona, the Wildcats will travel to Stanford to take on the Cardinal. And at the same time at 10 p.m. on Thursday, FS1. We'll have number nine UCLA. The Bruins will travel to Utah to take on the Utes. So that's your college basketball schedule for this upcoming week. Just a, just a, a reminder about that San Francisco game, uh, Gonzaga game. You know, San Francisco's twelve and three right now. So and they're three, mm-hmm. they're two and one in conference play. So this is not going to be an easy task. Fifteenth, I should say, the San Francisco is, and you know, this is not going to be an easy task for Gonzaga. And I think people are going to see that you know the San Francisco team's actually been pretty good. There's been a lot of buzz about them. The last, you know, since the season started, they got they got a very veteran latent squad. So we'll see if they can give the you old know, Gonzaga and pull off the upset. Um, UCLA and Utah, that should be a fun one too as well. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Arizona and Stanford, like you mentioned, this should be a fun, fun one, and it should be one down, down, over in Palo Alto. So that should be that. The, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. And like I said, the Big Twelve, the Pac Twelve, I should say, is starting to kind of get back into their scheduling. So 
you know, we're seeing all these games, you know, early games. So should be, should be fun, you know, this week in college football, college hoops as usual. Yeah. You're listening to Second City Sports on the special MLK edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the living color. Sarah Lakina here with you. Before I get to my topic to close out the show, Lakina, let's show some love to the Chicago Blackhawks. As we'll mention hockey just for a minute or two, the Blackhawks are on the current four-game winning streak. They'll, they'll travel to Seattle to face the Kraken by Kraken. Shout out to Terry Boars. <laughs> the, the Chicago Blackhawks will take on the Seattle Kraken. Um, today at 4 p.m. You can watch that game locally on NBC Sports Chicago. The Blackhawks are continuing to climb themselves out of a big hole. Looking at there are now 15, 18, and 5 on the season. Uh, l- last Saturday night, they got an important 3-0 win against the Anaheim Ducks. Congratulations to Mark andre Fleury on his 70th career. Shout out his third of the season in the Blackhawks uniform. Lakina, I know uh, this is not the team that we're used to seeing in years past, but they're getting it done defensively. And Patrick Kane finally lit the lamp. This uh, mm-hmm. That was very nice to see. Yeah, and I think, you know, see, I think seeing that can also help with the confidence. Now, look, you know, will they make the playoffs? Like, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But can they at least finish strong and perhaps maybe make a play for one of the wild card spots? Still a lot of season left. So I'm thinking that's going to be, you know, should be very interesting to see how, how strong they finish. But, yeah, it should be it should be a, a you know, fun one. And also, too, like you said, you know, they've won four in a row. So it's been, you know, such a, a cool, you know, cool story these last couple of weeks. And like I said, it was great to see, actually see Patrick King score today. So that, you know, scored the uh, – in that game. So that's should, you know, that was great to see because it's been a minute since he scored, unfortunately. But you know, you see, you know, contributions, you know, Alice Debrinkick. I mean, you know, got into the the all-star game, you know, for, for the NHL, mm-hmm. the, the lone black hawk, if you will. So, you know, it's good to see and hopefully maybe, you know, like I said before, it might be tough to try to make one of those wild card spots, but I'm sure, you know, they're gonna try. And I think that's all you want if you're a Blackhawks fan. And we also worried about Margaret Andre Fleury. Uh, does he have to carry this team? It looks like he has to because of the lack of scoring right now. But he's been doing a great job in that. Of course, we talked about the issues off the ice early in the season. Like, you know, it's like this group, which had nothing to do with it, uh, they, they've gone past it. And give new interim head coach Derrick King all the credit in the world. He has this team focused. They're playing a, a new style of hockey. Like you said, like, you know, will it end a uh, result up in a playoff spot? We'll see. But right now, uh, they, um, they're playing a, a style of hockey that is effective right now, given uh, everything else that's going on around uh, the Canadian teams in the hockey world in, gener- in general with COVID still yeah. lingering on and, yeah, and, and postponements. Have to be Mex- yeah, that's you know, they have to make up for a lot of these games too. So, mm-hmm. it'll, like I said, it'll, it'll, like I said it'll, it'll get pretty interesting. But, you know, like it's, like we've been saying, give, give you know, the Hawks all the credit for kind of keeping up you know, with all the crazy that's been happening around them. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, can they make it five games in a row? We'll see later today. They the, the puck drive is at 4 p.m. on ABC Sports Chicago. So they'll take on the Seattle Kraken uh, uh, on their West Coast trip. Lakina, do you have any other thoughts before I get to my last topic for today? Just a, you know, just a couple of things. You know, it's sort of you know, like I said before. I mean, it's great to see uh, HBCUs getting the spotlight. You know, Notre Dame's playing right now. They're playing in Howard. In DC to play the the Howard Bison, they actually were supposed to play this game, I believe, last month. But because of COVID, COVID issues with Howard, they had to push the game back. So they picked how I ride. They picked MLK Day to play the game. So um, yeah, yeah. But you know that's okay. But uh, look, Mike Mike Ray's team is up four right now against the Bison. You know, the, as you can see, the place is pretty packed. So 
I guess, you know, national television is on the big Fox network. So that's pretty cool. Also, too, uh, you got the Aussie Open going on right now. I'm not going to get into the whole thing with Novak Djokovic because that's a that's about like that's going to take about an hour and we don't have the time and <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that, that's like I said before, I think you got now that he's out, you know, you got to think, you know, Nadal will probably be a, you know, a guy that's going to you know get a lot of, you know, well, probably a lot of bets to win. He's got like three of these. So you got to think, you know, also TM, Dominic TM, you got to think he's going to be considered one of the favorites as well. So, you know, I think I would uh, advise folks to still watch it, even though, yes, it's going to be, you know, with all the weird things happening with Joe and such. But look, it should be a fun one down to Melbourne. And I'm, you know, also to uh, our best wishes to Chrissy Ever, who won like five of these during in her career. She is um, battling ovarian cancer right now. So you got to, you know, wish her, you know, you know, thoughts and prayers, you know, again, well wishes to her. So, you know, a lot going on down there in Australia. Yeah. Going back to college basketball, just a second, Lakini, we all know that MLK Day is dominated by the NBA and to a lesser extent NHL, which uh, both those leagues usually have early afternoon games and uh, some primetime games as well. But uh, with the, uh, we'll, we'll, I know we'll talk about this on Friday. We'll see. Uh, what the numbers are in terms of ratings for the Purdue-Illinois game and with uh, Howard and Notre Dame. Hopefully, there'll be a close game today as well. Uh, assuming that the ratings will be decent for, for the big network at Fox, do you see college basketball scheduling more games on Mar- around the Martin Luther King Day holiday going forward? I think so. I think there's been some lobbying for it. I feel like that's one of the reasons why they did what they did. Why That's one of the reasons why Illinois Purdue and Illinois was played during this time. And it was just by accident that the Notre Dame Howard game, you know, I guess both the ADs and I guess both the coaches decided to have the games, you know, today, you know, they're in, you know, Howard's in DC, obviously. So, you know, I think that's probably what led to it. But, you know, I, I saw a couple of uh, the shirts with a couple of Notre Dame players. You know, but I think I'm sure Howard, I'm sure on Howard's side as well, saying stand together. So yeah, why not? And and then look, I'm sure, like I said, ESPN has been doing a really uh, a much better job of showcasing a lot of the HBCU schools, you know, not just in February for Black History Month, but also too pretty much year round. And I think I'm sure Fox is going to do the same thing. I know they're they're starting to kind of you know have a TV deal with both the MIAC and the SWAC. So and also I think Hampton's moving conferences again as well. So I, I think you know there's a lot more noise. I think people just want the attention. And of course you're going to have that you know senior day with some of the top players from the HBCU schools playing football. So, look, I, I think it's going to be an NFL Network, I think, this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to have to double-check. But, you know, I, look, I think they just want to be noticed. And, look, we've seen, you know, teams, players from these HBCUs go to the Hall of Fame. So, I think, you know, it's good to see that the big networks are kind of giving them more notice. Yeah, we'll see what happens going forward, both in college basketball and college football. Last topic uh, for me today right here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina. Uh, I usually don't say this phrase a lot, but I have to be truthful to myself when I uh, um, when I say this phrase. You're getting old, and the reason why I'm saying that is because last night after the, all the football games and a couple of basketball games that I watched, uh, I watched. You remember this program? I think we talked about it before. You remember NBA Inside stuff? It, mm-hmm. it ran for I believe 12 seasons. Uh, it, it culminated with the NBA on NBC coverage from the 1990-91 season until 2002 when it left. Of course, Inside Stuff moved to ABC for the uh, for the next couple years. I know it was brought back by NBA TV uh, with Grant here and Kristen Little. That, that lasted a few seasons, but I was watching. It was a couple of old episodes that was uploaded 
uh, by an, another channel last night on YouTube. I started to watch them. It was this one episode. They were talking about the Bulls and building the United Center at the time. This was two years before that building even opened. And it was another episode they had about uh, the about uh, Charles Barkley. This is when he got traded to Phoenix. It's almost like a mm -hmm. career reflection episode. Of course, uh, watching, I remember watching it every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. on NBC5 here in Chicago. Of course, I had to flip between that and Soul Train on Channel 9, but uh, as Inside Stuff was uh, got popular over the years, and of course, changes happened to Soul Train. I lost interest in Soul Train. It, it was NBA Inside Stuff for me, but of course, Look at that uh, Amara shot. I know he's a retired broadcaster now, but uh, you could tell that program was geared toward young young fans. But if you were just a sports fan in general, or just a hardcore basketball fan like fans like we were, you watched inside stuff. They had all the features on all the big time stars, including the uh, supporting players on some of these big time teams as well. Of course, uh, you had a very, uh, Amara Shah had various uh, co-hosts over the years. Julie Moran, who went on to entertainment tonight. She was there for the first season. Most people forgot. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, Will Bay was there for the next five, six years. Of course, you had Summer Sanders, uh, who, uh, who rounded out the, uh, um, the co-hosting duties with Amara Shah. Of course, that uh, show was produced by NBA Entertainment. But uh, it was seen on NBC every Saturday morning. Uh, uh, it, and it felt good for me last night to watch it with all the nostalgia. And I was like, I remember uh, uh, watching all the – we talked about the TNBC shows before a couple of times on this show. Mm -hmm. But I remember uh, once it hit 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, turn to Channel 5, stay right there watching Inside Stuff. And it, it was just great to see uh, for me last night, well, watching some of those old segments. What was your favorite part of the show? Well, yeah, it was, you know, it was the, of course, you know, jam session and those types of, you know, profiles, also the player prof profiles. Cause you got, you got to know some of the, you know, the players a little bit. Cause back then you really didn't have too much access to them. So at the time, mm -hmm. so NBA inside stuff, you know, of course there have been other, you know, copies of it, you know, other various sports and then the Olympics, whatever the Olympics would be on, you know, they had similar type of programming. Also, I think the mm -hmm. NFL, I think they tried to do it, but it didn't work. So. Mm -hmm. You know that that didn't work, but you know, look, it was sort of a routine. Once all the cartoons, all the TNBC shows were over with, you know, you could either tune the inside stuff or you know American Bandstand or Soul Train or one of those, you know, those story, you know, those storybook specials that be on, you know, yeah. uh, CBS <laughs> and ABC. So, uh, you know, good times. And unfortunately, these, you know, today's kids will never know, and they'll never have the experiences that we had when we were kids. And and also too, I. I, I kind of feel like, you know, there hasn't been this sort of this this thing where nowadays you don't need those types of shows anymore because you've got Instagram, you've got TikTok, mm -hmm. you've got, you know, Twitter, you've got social media for very good. If, very if good you want to. Yeah. If you want to look, if you want to learn about what's going on with the player, they'll just tell you. <laughs> I mean, they want to mm -hmm. go to their Insta story. So that's why, unfortunately, I don't think that's probably why I think the new incarnation with Grant Hill and our girl, our girl Kristen Ledlow didn't didn't last very long because. You really didn't. You really don't need shows like that anymore. You know, if we want to get to know a player, you know, you got YouTube if you want to see highlights or if you want to watch mm -hmm. games and such. So there are various places you can go. So it, it's just it just reminds me of a, sim a simpler time, I, I guess. And you know, it, it you yearn for those times, but. I just remember well, watching Inside Stuff. Remember before Inside Stuff uh, uh, came on the air, uh, for those features that we talked about uh, on. Uh, uh, on the superstars and some of the teams you had to watch the NBA on CBS every Sunday for those features. 
and yet if you were lucky enough to have cable in the late 80s uh you had to watch the nba on tbs to get some of those specials uh but after inside stuff came out you you would know, look forward to watching those fun features every week and i noticed uh, some of the local coverage on some of these teams back in the 90s including wgn and sports channel they had to step up their features as well because mm -hmm. inside stuff had of course the backing of nba entertainment producing yep. that all that content content and so uh, inside stuff was good it came at the right time uh a profile of the big players of course it was a, a it helped them profile michael jordan go go worldwide as well so uh that that show uh, help uh, uh, make the uh, NBA much bigger back in those days. And like I said, Lakina, social media has just changed everything. Now people can download it and go to it on the instant. You don't have to wait to uh, watch it on television. Right. And I think that's sort of like kind of what changed the game. And I think, and like, I think, look, that's why you, you really, you didn't have those type of, even the local sports uh, teams didn't have that type of access back then. So mm -hmm. like you said, I think that's why they had to step it up. And that's why, but unfortunately with social media now, you don't need that anymore. So, you know, it, it's, it makes you, you know, going on YouTube kind of makes you also feel old because you're seeing that, oh my God, like look at the commercials, yep. like the commercials, like, you know, especially in the seventies, they, they had cigarette commercials back, back in the day. Yeah. So. <laughs> It just, it just, you know, mm, you know, hello FCC, but it, yeah, um, yeah, also, how times have changed. <laughs> yeah, also some breaking news for the first time: the NHL will be doing all female NHL broadcasts between featuring the, you know, the Arizona Coyotes and the Montreal Canadiens for tonight. You know, Leah Hextall and Cassie Campbell Pascal will be doing the play-by-play. -play. Linda Cole will be doing on the, the ringside reporting. So ESPN will they'll air that on ESPN. So. Uh, yeah. So uh, ESPN making a little bit of history there, airing the first ever all female announcing team for the NHL. Yeah, and I'll be watching that tonight. Of course, we talked about it, Lakina, um, during the 2020 NBC Trident with Kate Scott and AJ Malesko. Oh, um, of course, AJ is still was is with ESPN now, and she's still doing stuff with the New York Islanders. NBC was very successful in doing that. Uh, uh, good luck to the ladies on ESPN uh, for tonight. I'll definitely be tuning in. Yeah, and also Leah is terrific. You know, if you know her, her, her uncle, her uncle is Rob Hextall. So of course, that's yep. a hockey loving family. So also, uh, Cassie, I believe she played for the Canadian team. I'm not yes, she did. And she, she used to work for a Hockey Night in Canada as well as one of their yeah. analysts and reporters. Yeah, so. she's ter yeah, she's terrific. I think she won like multiple like world championships and gold medals mm -hmm. and stuff. Of course, we know Linda Cole. You know, this she's a big hockey fan. You know, I know she's excited. Was super excited when ESPN got the hockey back. She has her own podcast on ESPN Plus with hockey. So I know this should be a fun one. So you guys, all you NHL fans, make sure you guys check that out. Yep. Check it out. All right. Lakina, that's been another edition of second city sports right here on sports Zone Chicago. Uh, as we uh, pay tribute to the, the late great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. On this special day today. Um, great job as uh, once again, uh, we, we, we like to send our condolences to the Les Grobstein family, the Chicago mm -hmm. sports broadcaster who passed away yesterday at the age of, of 69. Lakina, I'm sure some of the other hosts, as you mentioned, on 670 The Score in Chicago will have their various tributes and comments on Les Grobstein throughout the week. I'm sure we we're going to bring it up again on Friday. Yeah, and also to uh, our buddy Rafer Weigel, of course, if you guys know his late father, Tim, you know, he posted something on Twitter. Um, the last time he saw him was a couple of years back at a Chicago Wolves, Wolves game, and he shared some stories Grobber did with his with him about his late father. Of course, Tim, you know, Tim did. Of course, Rafer, you know, worked here for a few years, too, you know, doing uh, yeah. 
news and sports, but of course, you know, his dad, Tim was a legend here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can imagine those two are now sharing stories as we speak upstairs now. So yeah, this is a, this is a, a big loss. Like another big loss for the Chicago radio sports radio landscape, because, you know, Les was definitely like we were, we mentioned it earlier. He was kind of, he was definitely the epitome of what the fan, the voice of the fan was for mm-hmm. Chicago sports. So, you know, he's definitely going to be missed and he was still doing it too. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the overnight shift. Do they split it up? Do they give it back? Well, of course, CBS Sports Radio, they don't air after 11. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they not do. Not here in Chicago, but yeah, they air everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that spot. But look, I said, we said, like I said earlier, I'm sure Mitch will, Mitch Rose, I'm sure he'll figure it out. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Lakina closes out. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. At War on Anchor, we are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, remember, Second City Sports airs live every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Hall Chicago. That's every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right, so you guys be careful out there. I know there's a lot of you know severe weather going on over there or about to happen over there in the south and the, the northeast and the eastern seaboard. So please be careful, you know, over there. And if you're not gonna get vaccinated, you know, wear a mask, wash your hands, and be good to each other. For Sydney Brown, I'm Lakina McGee. This is Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Till then, holla.